with your titties a little? Hey, man. Welcome to the Beef Sticks podcast, dude. <laughs> Sport 20. Yeah. Sit back, smoke up a doobie, and listen up. And by the way, Dave's not here, man. <laughs> Welcome to the Beef Sticks 420 special. Ooh, tastes so good. We got a we got a spectacular show lined up for you guys today. We actually in the building of this episode last week we talked about how we wanted to do a conspiracy theories episode. Didn't even really realize that the next week was gonna fall on four twenty, and and Just somehow perfect. somehow we have pieced together a perfect four twenty show for you guys. Without intending to. I guess it's just the spirit of the season. Since it's hey, 420. It runs through nature. <laughs> this week, uh, we have a special guest. The first beef taco of the Beef Sticks podcast. Fat Mac's older sister, Lady B. I'd just like to point out, I was your first fan. I followed you guys before you were even a podcast. Well, I know. You put New Orleans, Minnesota on the map when it comes to our t- statistics. <laughs> <laughs> and we love you for it. <laughs> oh. So we do have a stacked show. We have a ton of news, notes, and rumors. We've got an amazing new segment about conspiracies. We've got a beef sticks reefer picks that we will go in a little bit more on later on. I mean, y'all tuned in to the show to tune into. And to any of our first-time listeners, you have got a treat, and you will come back every, every time. We give you the first taste for free, and you're hooked. We know how to do this. This isn't our first time. No, you're really hooked. We wrap you up in chains to and tie you to a chair and force you to listen to hours and hours and hours hours of cloud style broadcasting music and podcasts and radio shows yeah which ironically chained to a chair is how i grew up as a child in the basement (laughs) but i turned out very well developed so Uh, yeah well developed i mean i got mantids you're the guy that stephen (laughs) king wrote the book it about right i am it (laughs) Ah, man, what a day, what a day. (coughs) I suppose let's kick it off with this week in news notes and rumors. What do you got for us, Mr. Mr. Mac? Well, uh, we touched on the whole JBL Morrow incident last week a little bit, and we got new news coming in that, that WWE is planning to make JBL face to avoid backlash, no pun intended for the new pay-per-view coming up, uh, from the Mauro Ronaldo incident. Now, as you can tell from this week's SmackDown, JBL really didn't attack the faces at all. Um, and I don't mean physically. I mean verbally. He didn't really go after anybody or give any real jabs. Um, he did still praise the heels. But he was a much softer and much different JBL. And... Um, what do you think, Pasty? 
you know, it is what it is. Um, I think I think there's always gonna be the hazing and 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 shit within the WWE. It's it's been there since the beginning, you know. And as long as it's a gentle rib, as long as it doesn't go too far, you know, it's okay. Um, I think JBL should see, you know, something, some sort of a a fine or fee or 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 you know, pay some dues to to Mauro Ronaldo to to make. I think JBL should see a therapist probably but <laughs> no, that no could shit. help that could help man <laughs> go to a proctologist and have her have whatever's up there removed <laughs> <sighs> um but you know um mal Ronaldo seems like he's doing all right he actually has already had a gig on a, a fight network so he has done at least one show i know of um maybe a couple by by the time this is recorded but I, I know he's he's at least done one show. He put up a video on Twitter. He was really hyped. He was excited. He was happy. He was a very different Marl than we had seen just a month or two back in WWE, you know, before uh, we last seen him on television. So he seems to be doing all right for himself. Uh, some of you may be wondering how can he be on Fight Network if he's just left WWE and, and maybe still under contract technically. Um in-ring competitors and especially the bigger in-ring competitors have different clauses and contracts than some of the behind the scenes folks do or even some of the part-time mid-card wrestlers and so Mauro Ronaldo he may or may not I don't know the terms of his contract he may or may not be restricted from calling any wrestling matches but he is not restricted from calling the MMA matches which are not pro wrestling so he's out there he's doing his thing he's enjoying himself you know, good for him. Like we said last week, he's too talented. Nothing's going to keep this guy down. Right. Yeah. And, you know, good for him, man. Get out there and do what makes you happy. Uh, I'm really sad to see him not with WWE anymore. And hopefully maybe somewhere down the line they can come to turns. Just put the guys on different shows even, you know. That's that's always a right. possibility. Or better yet, put Mauro Ronaldo on two hundred five live where he should be, you know? Oh, he'd shine in there. Two hundred five live or NXT, any of those things. He'd shine. Yeah. Yeah, have him do that. He could do both. Both NXT and he'd have he'd have more airtime that way. He, he you know, he'd still get to do what he loves to do. And I really like him as a WWE announcer. Or even better Mauro on SmackDown and just move JBL to a pre-show or something. Right, there you go. <laughs> just move him to the parking lot. He could direct traffic or some shit. He could do that. Yeah, he can be on that, that show that he's at right now. What's it, behind the desk or whatever? Or um, He can just be do that. Collect a paycheck. I don't want the guy to lose his job. Right, right. But if I, you know, as you have mentioned before, if, if you have to pick JBL or Mauro, I'm going Mauro. I think JBL should have to fight again. I think I think McMahon should put him up against Brock Lesnar and just let Lesnar go to town. <laughs> that could be his punishment for the shitty pulled. Yeah. Hey, how about Dude, how about this? Put put, put JBL in the ring against every guy that he's fucking pissed off in the locker room, <laughs> unsanctioned as they like to say. <laughs> oh man, that'd be so bad. People who aren't even I don't signed think they anymore. Could fit them all in the ring. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> People would be coming in for free just to take their licks at him. <laughs> Let's get it. Let's get it at Extreme Rules this year. 
<laughs> I'd also like to see him in a handicap match against Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman. That would be kind of fun. There you go. And uh, speaking of WWE announcers, according to WWE.com, David Otunga, who just moved to Raw in the Superstar Shakeup, is going to be out at least six weeks, if not more, to film an upcoming movie entitled Katrina, which is meant to be a new action film franchise. So while he's out, Booker T is filling in for him on Raw, as we've seen this last Monday. Um, you know, I, I'll take Booker T over David Otunga also. I'm not I'm right. not hurt that David Otunga ain't there anymore. Right, right. I'm really hoping that this acting career goes over for him because I never realized how much I missed and, Booker and T. Could. I never realized how because much I missed Booker T. On... Shucky ducky quack quack. That's my son's favorite thing from him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this is they're, they're trying to make an action film franchise out of this. Um, it all depends on the box office, the fans, stuff like that. So, I mean, it may be one movie, it may be a bunch. They also don't say what Otunga's doing. So, for all we know, he's an extra in one scene that drives a taxi cab. I don't know. I did see but, an article this week that he is in motherfucker class because he acts too much like a like an uptight black guy who went to law school for for his role in the movie. So well, remember, you know, so many people give the Miz shit for being a reality star turned wrestler. David Otunga is literally a reality star turned wrestler. He um he, he went to Harvard Law School. That's not a shoot. That's a hundred percent true. He went to Harvard Law School. He went out, he started doing uh, local things in Hollywood. He got on the um, horrible show, I Love New York. It was a VH1 spinoff of um, um, Flavor uh, Flavor of Love with Flavor Flav. It was a spinoff of that. He was on that. He ended up meeting and then eventually marrying, uh, help me out, Pasty, what's his wife's name? The singer. Um, she's a reality star too. She started on American Idol. Um, for the love of me, I can't think of her name either. So he married her. So he ends up spinning that into a career in NXT. And this was before NXT was the actual developmental brand. This is when NXT was, wait for it, a reality show. (laughs) Where they'd they'd go out and they'd actually do like weird uh, challenges, uh, like challenges. challenges. or even like, cake baking challenges, things that have nothing to do with wrestling. So, um, you know, David really isn't anything to shake a stick at. I, he can come or go. I don't care if I'm not announcing, I don't care if I'm in the ring. All he is is he's a guy trying to further his Right, right. You know, I don't know. I don't much care for David Otunga. He doesn't need to be on the booth. Um, he obviously didn't wrestle for very long even. But, uh, yeah, you know, go for it. Go for this movie. You know, get off the table. Let's let's get you off announcing. And, and get some more entertaining people in there. Speaking of JBL being a bully, I do have to admit, one line that I heard of his maybe a couple weeks ago or so was Otunga was was crapping on Triple H for marrying in greatness. And JBL just looked at him and he was like, yeah, kind of like well-known singer trying your wrestling career. <laughs> Which, by the way, is Jennifer Hudson. Correct, Jennifer Hudson. That's who it is. There you go. So, 
<laughs> oh. What else have we got? From what I've seen, uh, WWE is still trying to help Matt and Jeff Hardy um, to, to gain back their, their broken status via the lawsuit with Impact Wrestling. Um, from what it sounds like is WWE really wants to be able to use this gimmick on their program, and they're willing to go to some pretty pretty far lengths to do it, from what I've seen. Um, looking forward to more... Now that we know that WWE might be working with the Hardy Boys to achieve this, um, just looking forward to seeing where that's going to go. I'm excited for it. Um, I am worried in some ways because WWE is great at fucking up other people's brilliant ideas. But at the same time, if we can somehow get get this broken universe into WWE and, and let Matt at least be a 50% creative control with the money WWE has behind it and, and the minds and the eyes and the ears that it can reach. I think it could be a beautiful thing, not only for the Hardy brand, but for us, the, the pro wrestling fans. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, the Hardy broken Hardys. See the way I look at it is if, if WWE helps them and has some kind of rights over it, hopefully they can work it out to where the Hardy boys have somewhat of a Chris Jericho schedule where they kind of come and go as they're needed. And maybe in their off time, they're allowed to go back to independence and other smaller promotions and, and spread the broken universe that way, because that works really well for them. And I'd hate to see them, you know, have to sell their souls completely to the WWE. I, you know, I, I think Matt is too smart for that. Um, I'd be willing to bet Jeff would do it in an instant, even for just a fucking rock of crack. I'm sorry to say that, Jeff. But I do think I do think the best place for the Hardy Boys to be permanently for the rest of their career is in the WWE. So if they can work out some kind of like I said, like a Chris Jericho deal, that's where they can come and go. And when they're not wrestling for, say I would say my personal opinion. I think they're they're better off to retire there as legends, but I think they got too much to offer yet in their career that they should definitely go into like a, a New Japan ROH again, even a TNA if they get big enough to to do something on their own and do their own fucking thing. Right. But I, I do think at the end of their career that. You know, they're, they're already shoe-ins for the Hall of Fame. It's going to happen. I, I would like to see them, you know, kind of stick stick around. I, I don't know. I like what Chris Jericho is doing with his career, and I think if they took that and and, and went that route, it could, it could be very good for everybody involved. <laughs> what else do we got going definitely... on this week? Oh, too much stuff. Too much stuff. Um... Let's let's go into the YouTube news because I have actually been looking into us trying to get a YouTube channel going. Well, we have a YouTube channel going, but putting out some original content on YouTube, um, putting out perhaps shows, whether it's audio or video, 
Um, and we have not yet, so luckily this did not affect us. But if you're listening to us, you other wrestling programming. And um, one of the things that's happening right now, YouTube is demonetizing. And that means to take away ad revenue, which is how YouTube video makers, how YouTubers bring in income. Um, it's from ad revenue. They are demonetizing all wrestling-related videos, and they have blocked all wrestling-related on their restricted. Now, that means if you watch, you have to go down and turn off restricted mode if you want to see anything that is wrestling. Right. Yeah, no, this is ridiculous. This is impacting people who rely on YouTube for income. Channels like Wrestling with Regret, Beyond Wrestling, What Culture. Man, this is this is a low blow to the to the to the internet wrestling community, you know? This is this is insane. And it's really it's 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 attacking a like-minded group of individuals for their feelings and beliefs is what it is. I mean, it's it's petty. What are they going to do next? Are they going to start? Are they, they going to discriminate? Are they going to demonetize people's uh, video game reviews? You know what I mean? Because you're talking about somebody else's yeah. product. You know what I mean? Exactly. I mean, it's it's discriminating against a certain group of people. I mean, that's the definition of it. It's it's kind of sickening. I I don't know. You know, I, I know what and I mean, the reason is even for. What culture? What culture has their own wrestling brand? How can you demonetize right? them from that? That's pretty fucked. You know, I know that they have lost a lot of big time um, uh, uh, advertisers recently, and that's due to YouTube's algorithms. That is not due to any specific thing that any YouTuber has done. What it is is I know GM is one. Uh, oh, I had a list of a few that I had known, and now I never read it, wrote it down, and off the top of my head, I can't think of it. But basically, um, a lot of big-time advertisers have pulled out because YouTube's algorithm doesn't necessarily put them to people who are going to buy their products. And some of them are going to different videos that are hate mongers that are racist that you know anybody can put up a youtube video mm. and some people some some businesses are getting their ads put on these really nasty sites so those people pulled their stuff youtube lost their shit because youtube's losing a ton of money all of a sudden <laughs> so they went to the extreme and they came up with a list it isn't just pro wrestling but pro wrestling is on that list and that's what affects our listeners and affects us like i said we've been looking into getting a youtube channel if we had one that'd be cutting directly into us right yeah yeah that's now that's definitely not a route we're going to be taking there's no reason to you know not at this, at this point, point um Get our own website, and we'll, we'll just host shit from there. I know that it's that that they're supposed to be working on it, and it's supposed to they're supposed to get better at at how they are demonetizing and how they're restricting content. But for the immediate future, it is really hurting a lot of people whose lives depend on this. This is some people's careers. For us, we're we're we're, we're spending money doing this, so it's not our career. <laughs> We're spending money bringing this to you at this point in our in our tenure, but uh, some people rely on that money to live off of. So you're taking money out of some people's mouths, some people's children's mouths. 
Somebody's right. grandchildren's mouth. They right. need the mouths of their iguana. People have been There's doing this for years. They've built up a massive mouth. following. You know, it's it's just it's insane that they it's can do this to brand. people. You know, yeah. I think I think we are ever moving closer to potentially seeing the death of YouTube because YouTube is getting too greedy. You know what I mean? People, you can't even have a, a video game with somebody else's. You can't have the video game music playing in the background of your video. You have to have your own legally owned music playing in the video or else they're going to flag it and take it down. It's like... Yeah, a while back, I think it was this last summer, so almost a year ago now, I it was recording my son doing something, and I don't remember what it was, but we were listening to uh, a Tupac song on Spotify, and I posted the Facebook Live video, and it said it was taken down due to copyright restrictions. Holy shit! It was just... Tupac's dead, number one. Okay? Right. Number two, we, it was just sitting in the background. It wasn't like I was streaming uh, a music video of his and trying to take money away. I was trying to showcase my son, and my son happens to like Tupac, so he was playing in the background. And let's be blatantly clear here. People can listen to Spotify for free. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it gets ridiculous. Yeah, no. The more technology takes control, like the more. We talked about doing, talking about the, uh, the different pay-per-views and, you know, maybe doing something live or our own little commentary, but you, you can't. Yeah. You have to have everything on mute and otherwise they're going to take you down and sue your ass and everything else because of just a couple yeah, of people you having be time able to watch a show that they paid for. I mean, you yeah, can't always you, to watch it. you can always take the long route and, and go the legal way and get all the rights and shit and everything in order. But I mean, for for a small startup, for just just people doing things for the fun of it, that's that's insane. Well, and if you're talking about WWE, they don't even give rights to a lot of folks. They're not going to give their rights to your average YouTube right. uh, uh, commentator because cause they're not telling you what WWE wants you to tell them. They're telling you their honest opinion. WWE would never okay the rights. So even if WWE you WWE the is route, probably, probably a major hand stuck. in the reason YouTube is doing this. WWE probably has they a lot very of money well could going be. into that. Although, well, I don't know about that because... Well, WWE's YouTube channel is almost completely blocked also. So they're actually losing out a lot on this. Oh. Um, so I would I, I would be surprised if they were involved at all. Their, almost their entire YouTube library has been blocked on restricted mode. Now, I don't know what kind of ad revenue WWE gets or, or if they even do that route. I, I don't know. So I'm not sure how that, the demonetizing works on them, but I do know for a fact that on restricted mode, almost all of WWE's videos are are taken down. That's insane. So I don't think they are involved at all. And they're a PG company, technically, quote-unquote, you know what I mean? Right, right. But then again, you know, couldn't you see Vince to do it? You know, push that button just because he's got the network and he can still make money that way and he is making money that way? Good old Vince Trump. I mean, right. Vince McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With his finger on the button. What button? <laughs> well, we're going to get into some more old Vince Matt stuff. Patterson. We're going to get into a lot more Vince stuff later on this evening. Oh, Vince, Vince has got a mind. What else do we have? <laughs> news, notes, rumors. Roll the dice. Which one is it going to be? Is it going to be news? Is it going to be notes? Is it going to be rumors? Is it going to be me talking out of my armpit as a ventriloquist? Let's do it. I want to hear some armpit noises. I haven't heard armpit noises yeah. since the late 90s, man. 
Oh, man, you called me out. I can't do it. Damn it, neither can I. Oh. What you got, B? What you, what you got, B? I can make... No, I'm not going to even go there. She can't make noise, but she can queef the fucking alphabet. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, that's why we're not... Queefy, I mean, Kofi okay, Kingston. Right Kofi Kingston is still out. He's recouping from his ankle surgery. Uh, we had we had briefly mentioned this before. Um, the New Day was was switched over to the SmackDown brand, and they have not debuted yet. Uh, what what is happening here is the New Day. <laughs> I see vomiting hops. <laughs> no, what is happening here is the New Day. Um, will not be debuting until Kofi Kingston is fully recovered from his surgery. Um, it's, it's clearly obvious. We do all need a break from the new day. They started to get stale. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, seriously, I I who gives say, a fuck about new day pops? Overs- Nobody gave a fuck about new day pops. <laughs> Budios. They have been oversaturated that this is probably the best thing that they could do for them. Cause they have been, they've been oversaturated honestly this is perfect eight weeks isn't long enough either i'd take them out i'd take them out to like SummerSlam. Uh, eight weeks is a long time in wrestling terms though i guess that's a couple pay-per-views i mean that's four pay-per-views i can't keep track of how many they have nowadays four or five (laughs) (laughs) yeah um Onto some news about WWE, but from an outsider. Um, in an interview with Sports Illustrated, Bret Hart claims that he is the individual who pushed The Undertaker into becoming the locker room leader that he is today. Um, he says that The Undertaker was the guy who made Vince go to Bret's locker room and talk to him after the night of the Montreal screw job. Um, if there are any listeners who have no idea what the Montreal screw job is, which I, I doubt there is, but let's, let's give you a doubt. Okay. If you're not, uh, back in 97, 96, no, 97. I'm sorry. Back in 97, um, Bret Hart was leaving WWE. He was the champion at the time. He had already signed to WCW. Um, he was more than willing to give up the title where, whenever, and to whomever Vince wanted, but Vince wanted him to lose it to Shawn Michaels, who was his, in real life, just bitter rival. Those two just despised each other, and he wanted him to do it in Montreal, Canada, Brett's hometown on his turf. Brett told him he would do it anywhere but there or to anyone but him, one or the other. Long story short, Vince said, okay, you know what we'll do? You'll win it now, and we'll have you lose it on Raw. Then what Vince did was when Shawn Michaels put Brett into a uh, sh- uh, uh, um, a sharpshooter, Vince called for the bell immediately. Without Brett tapping out, Brett lost the title. It was, a, it was one of the biggest shoot things to happen in pro wrestling ever. Right. Um, Legendary. Moment. So Brett says that before he left, he gave the dead man a note. And the quote from the Sports Illustrated article reads, and this is Bret Hart talking, I wrote Taker a letter when I left. I said, 
you have to be the voice of the dressing room and the leader now that I'm gone. I always felt that I was the leader of the dressing room and looked after everything. If guys had a problem, they could come to me and I'd go to Vince and say, this guy has a problem. Maybe you can help him. Then Taker stepped in and became that guy. A lot of times he had to straighten out guys like Shawn Michaels and stand up for the other wrestlers. Undertaker was always a force in the dressing room. Um, I have not heard anything about Undertaker legitimizing this or validating it. Brett's been known to tell some uh, whoppers or, or exaggerated truths in the past. He's also been known to just speak candidly and tell things how it is. Um, Brett was one of the main guys at that time. And despite how it's hard for fans nowadays to look back at that era, but despite how folks look back at it with rose colored glasses, Shawn Michaels was hated by almost everybody in WWE at that time. And Shawn will tell you, he was an ass. He was a horrible individual at that time in his life. This could be true. This could be Brett just bullshitting because Brett said a lot of things that you look at and know aren't true. What do you think, Pasty? Is is he letting us in on, on an old school secret or is he just patting his own back trying to trying to get a name off of Undertaker's passing passing of the torch as it is? You know, this one is this is hard to tell. <laughs> you know, knowing Bret Hart, I could see him to be just patting himself on the back, taking credit for everything. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Especially the way Bret Hart's been lately. Um <laughs> I, <laughs> This is just this is this is it's kind of funny. I'd like to see this note. Maybe, maybe the Undertaker still has it. You know, if he actually he received it, it it's that big of a deal, right? Yeah. If, if if he received a note like that, he, I think you'd hold on to that forever. So let's see this note. Otherwise, uh, Bret Hart, you got some splaining to do. <laughs> let's hear a Paco's pers- perspective of this. Well, I, I mean. He is who he is, but I just, I, because I'm a female and I like bad boys and I like to see the good in bad boys, you know, it, it warms my heart to think that those two could be leaders in the locker room and taking the guys under their wings and, and righting the wrongs of the locker room bullshit. But I, right. yeah, you take it with a great assault, but it, it's a heartwarming story. It makes it feel good. Heartwarming, no pun intended, but <laughs> <laughs> you know it. Well, Pasty, what else do we got on the list here? Well, uh, we got some news um, about uh, he's a familiar name around the podcast lately. Ken Anderson sounds like uh, he he's headed back to Ring of Honor. That can be interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, no, I like the sounds of this. Ring of Honor needs you know, him. Uh, you, you, say, you say heading back, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that actually this is one place that Mr. Anderson has not ever been contracted to. Oh. Um, I don't think he's ever made an appearance here. Well, there we go. So, yeah, that's a little different. Um, I'm I'm excited for it. I'm a big Mr. Kennedy, Mr. Anderson fan, whatever you want to call him. Um, he kind he really 
I wouldn't say he underperformed in WWE. What a lot of folks don't know is just about the time he was going to get his push, he got busted for wellness violation, and he basically lost everything. If you're Roman Reigns, it does nothing. You After you lose a wellness violation, then you retire The Undertaker at WrestleMania. <laughs> right, right. Congratulations. But apparently, if you're, if you're Mr. Anderson, actually, the long story short, there was a gimmick where um, uh, there, Mr. McMahon had a, a bastard child, and um, nobody knew who it was, and the, the whole big thing was, who's it going to be, who's it going to be? Well, it was going to be Mr. Kennedy. Um, ironically, Vince's name is Vincent Kennedy McMahon, and um, it was built up and built up and built up to be him, and then like a week or two before it was going to be announced, he failed his wellness uh, violation. Uh, one of the things he failed for was weed, ironically, on this 420. Happy and um, <laughs> and he ended up not, not getting it. It turned out to be Hornswoggle. It ended up being really stupid. Later on, they decided Hornswoggle wasn't his child. It was just a really dumb thing in the long run. Um, he's very talented. He isn't very flashy in the ring. But I think he's very – I think he, he puts on a good show every time he's in the ring. And I put him as a an A to A-plus talker on the mic. I mean, it's not it's, – it's not any – it isn't by chance that his gimmick was getting a mic dropped into his hand and speaking. The man can talk. Right. He was made – So I think he's just, he's just going to go up in ROH. He's just going to go up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, interact a little bit with the Bull Club. Ooh, maybe he joins. I could see it. Could you see it? I could see it. I could easily see it. And Anderson is a better fit in the Bullet Club than the American Nightmare is. I'm going right. to say that yeah. right now. Yeah. I would love to yeah. see Anderson come in there, do a mic check on the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. And then Cody Rhodes gets pissed about it. They get in the thing together. Then they have a match, and in the match, all of the Bullet Club members come in and beat the shit out of Cody Rhodes, and you find out they're kicking him out, and Anderson is in. There you go. And then, then Cody can turn babyface, and he can have a program with Anderson, and he can go against the Bullet Club. I still think he's better off like that. I, I'm still not buying the American Nightmare gimmick. I like that storyline. His, his, his American Nightmare gimmick is okay with me. I, I, I dig him as a heel. Um... You know, if they change him faces, he can't be the American Dream, because that's owned by WWE, isn't it? Yes, the the American Dream is the the trademark American Dream is owned by WWE at this point. The American Nightmare isn't, so it makes sense that he would go with that, especially turning heel. Right. Oh. So I'm excited for that. He he is he's making his debut on April 28th at Ring of Ass Ring of <laughs> Ring of Asner. Oh, yeah. Wow, it's been a long day, folks. Fat Max got uh, ass rings. Yeah, you damn right. <laughs> Fuck stretch marks. I got ass rings, bitches. Ass Count my rings. See how old I am. <laughs> Get I remember this one time. Get up close, my- baby. Um, no, so April 28th, Masters of the Craft Ring of Honor event is what he's going to debut in. 
And he's actually immediately jumping into ROH title pitcher, going against the television champion, Marty Skrull. For those of you who don't know Marty Skrull, he is an extremely talented uh, English wrestler who, if you've noticed uh, Jack Gallagher in WWE using the umbrella gimmick, yeah, he stole that from Marty Skrull. Uh, Marty Skrull is... Kind of your stereotypical Englishman, but more evil. Hence his his moniker, the villain Marty Skrull. So he's different than Jack Gallagher, uh, better than Jack Gallagher, and he's got an umbrella like Jack Gallagher. Woo-hoo! Did I say yeah. Jack Gallagher enough? I think so. Oh, you can put it in a couple For a more story times. not involving Jack Gallagher at all, I said well, I mean, Jack Gallagher. He stole times. the gimmick, so why not steal the spotlight, you know? Yeah, that's true. Although I like Frank Anderson is going to Ring of Honor to face Jack Gallagher for the television championship. (laughs) Jack Gallagher light. Uh, Yeah, no, I'm 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 super happy for him. Uh, Mr. Anderson deserves to be on TV. I mean, when he was doing independence and stuff, that's cool. But he he deserves more, more. Give him more. I like to hear that sometimes. Give me more. <laughs> uh, Just a beer, you asshole. <laughs> Yours was more full than mine. <laughs> Sibling rivalry at its best, folks. Right here on the Beef Sticks podcast. Okay, Pasty, what's on our list? What's on our list? This is dragging on. I feel like I've already fucking done this tonight. <laughs> Holy shit. I know, you know right? What you haven't done tonight. Talked about the beer we're drinking. Yeah, we are drinking That's some beer. Thing. We haven't discussed the beer we're drinking yet. What a good segue, B. <laughs> I learned from the master there, Pasty White. He's a master of segues, I've once heard. He is. Only and once. try to put him on one of those two fucking wheeled mobile instruments, and a man falls yeah, faster than Roseanne. Right on my face. Before. Right on my face. Oh, my gosh. Pasty, what do you have over there? I am drinking Finnegan's Dead Irish Poet. It's a nice, dark, chocolatey beer that just envelops your taste buds and nestles you in it's the first time i've not had an ipa on the show and <laughs> i like to be enveloped by beer. dark chocolate sometimes this beer really... on the weekends <laughs> <laughs> this is not the first time we've shared this beer together either mr Waterfield. no um the, the finnegan's dead irish poet takes me back to guitar hero wednesdays um, we had that a few times at Guitar Hero Wednesday. I, I think every time I got pretty tipsy. I think every time I sang my heart out. And I think every time I enjoyed the shit out of myself. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. going to miss those days. Oh, well, I'm sure Aaron will keep them running for you. Oh, yeah. If you're <laughs> listening, Aaron, we're Guitar Heroing it up. Um, over here, B and I are partaking on an Elysian Space Dust IPA. B, tell me a little bit about it. Um, well, it tastes like the label looks. Um, it tastes like sparkly hops that come flying out of your mouth. And uh, that sounds a little rough, but really, on a, on a day like 420, that's that's really, it's actually kind of nice. Kind yeah, of no, soothing. It's, it's quite fitting. Comforting. Quite, quite it's fitting great. And you know, on a 420, this is the perfect kind of beer. Just the pitcher alone. 
It has a hop on it that really actually looks like a bud of marijuana. Yes. He's happy as shit. His pupils are dilated. He's in the cosmos, and he's spewing sparkles that are leaf-laced. Leaf-laced sparkles spewing from his mouth in space. Um, Again, it is an IPA. It's got that light, hoppy taste that actually chases... A beautiful honey butt, honey blunt, <laughs> honey butt blunt. You got ass oh, fetish tonight. Ass it. rings, honey butt, about ass. sticky um, ass it rings. It chases a, a honey blunt just beautifully. Um, not, honey not that I would know, but if you were to take a nice hit of a beautiful blunt that has been just just coated in some all natural honey, locally sourced. Would it light on fire? Oh, I've done it many times. Oh, yeah. So oh. anyways, um, this is not the first time Elysian has Patience been on our key. podcast. We had the Immortal IPA on not too long ago. Um, but I will still give them a shout out again. Brewed and bottled by Elysian Brewing Company, Seattle, Washington, and Fort Collins, Colorado. It's a Colorado beer. My only guess is they knew what they were doing. I think so. I got to get that. That might be what I have next week. We shall see. Mm. In other news, you can find the the Beef Sticks crew at the 427 Barbecue in Mankato, Minnesota tomorrow at the Mankato Events Center. 427 Barbecue brought to you by Professor Fresh and Fuzz Talk Radio. Uh, Food starts at 6, music starts at 7, and we go till about 12.30. It's going to be a wonderful night full of music and friends. And, hey, the B-Sticks will be there. Remember, if you say you heard it on the B-Sticks podcast, Bubble will touch you places. Damn right. Apparently <laughs> the butt. Yes, the butt. The <laughs> yeah. butt. Yep. You can meet, you can meet, you can meet Pasty White. You can meet the Fat Mac. You can listen to amazing music and eat amazing barbecue. Get spliffed beforehand if you want and get drunk during. I recommend all of the above. That's the best way to enjoy the barbecue. Let me touch your butt. You can also count his ass rings. (laughs) Now now that we've gotten the beer out of the way, which thank you very much, B, for that plug. uh, What else have we got? Um, A lot of stuff, man. We got a lot of shit. Um, let, let's get to the let's get to the sadder stuff later, and let's go on. Um, how about some breaking news about uh, some new WWE superstars? We may it sounds like almost guaranteed are going to be seeing. Um, this comes from Wade Keller in the PW Torch. It was a story that was first reported on Sports Skeeta. Uh, it sounds like the real-life husband and wife duo of Michael and Maria Bennett are heading to WWE. Um, for those of you who don't know, Maria Bennett used to go by Maria Canellis, and she was in WWE years ago as a diva back when they were divas. Uh, she married Michael Bennett a long time ago. They they were in Ring of Honor for a long time. Michael Bennett has won the title there and the TV title there. Uh, Maria was known as um, the, the the woman of honor back then. They recently made their way to Impact Wrestling. 
and they have been wrestling there where Maria Canales was actually named the head of the knockouts division, and she was in charge of that, and she ended up winning the knockouts title when she turned on her ally who was brought in, Sienna, who had won the knockouts title, and Maria turned on her and stole it from her and became knockouts champion. Michael Bennett himself not only won the King of the Mountain title, but also won the the Impact X Division title. Um, they're both multi-time champions, both incredibly talented. Um, not the biggest names on the radar, but the fact that they're going to WWE is not really the big news. Um, have you heard about this, Pasty? Uh, I heard that they're coming to the WWE, but I did not quite hear about the big news. Well, it sounds like from what Wade Keller said in his report that they are not going to go to NXT, but actually they're getting slotted onto the main roster immediately when they get brought in. Oh, yeah. Now, that is Maria, weird. Why do they deserve yeah, that Yeah, Maria, kind of as I stated, she has experience on the main roster because she was around before there was an NXT. I mean, she was a WWE diva. She was on the show. She was on the pay-per-views. Um, she worked there a number of years. But Mike Bennett, um, he's a newcomer to the E, and he's not exactly the big marquee name like an AJ Styles who, who went straight to the main roster, and I feel should have. He deserved that. Right. He would have been a waste in NXT. But even names as big as your... Finn Balor, um, A-Double, the greatest man who ever lived, Austin Aries, Glorious Bobby Roode, King of Strong Style, Shinsuke Nakamura, all of them, they spent, or they are still spending, considerable time down in developmental in NXT. And and Michael Bennett, I mean, is this another case of somebody just getting into the back door because his woman's sucking some dick, or what's the deal? I think so. I think that's what it is. I it doesn't make sense to me I'm why he would get the in. sucking anybody's dick. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I'm just but he's he's riding her, he's getting in because riding of her, her coattails in. I think that de- definitely riding coattails in. I don't I don't see why he he shouldn't have to go to NXT. If if Bobby Roode has to be on NXT, wrong. I think he's extremely talented. I loved him in Ring of Honor, and I loved him in Impact Wrestling. And he plays a great heel. He plays. Uh, he does. Co- he's he's a very He's very similar to The Miz. He does the cocky, he does the I'm better than you, and he hides behind his woman. And, and he does it well. And I'm not against him being in WWE. I, I don't know that he should get, you know, brought straight up there where folks like I have said who toiled for a long time and probably earned a spot on the main roster haven't. Right. Yeah, no, it's 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 odd. I mean, it kind of makes sense with them being married. They, they are an act together and they would have to travel that route, you know. I, I, they they would have made sure to get it in right. their contract to not be split up like that, especially when we get oh, into I'm, what we're going to be I'm getting sure. into. And they should. Yeah, and they should. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I'm happy to see them in WWE, uh, despite how negative I may have sounded. Extremely Maybe. happy to see the miracle Mike Bennett and uh, Maria Canellis, Maria Bennett, whatever. It, it makes. I wonder what they're going to call her. Are they going to call her Maria Canellis? Are they going to call her Maria Bennett, formerly Maria Canellis? Are they going to call her Maria because they like to get rid of people's last names? <laughs> Maybe Michael's just Michael. <laughs> 
I would have to assume they're going to be keeping their names. If they're getting the, the Rush treatment in, they'll probably just keep the Bennett name. But, you know, when um, when Doc Gallows came back to WWE, they gave him the Luke Gallows name. Now, Luke Gallows was never a big-time player in WWE. But face Doc it, Gallows, Gallows and Anderson were not the player. main focal point. Gallows and Anderson no. got in because AJ Styles did a lot of strong negotiation. But, what I'm saying is they, they made him revert to his WWE name, even though it didn't carry the clout that his name carried on the independence. Doc Gallows was a big-time player in both Impact Wrestling and New Japan Pro Wrestling. And when he came to WWE, they made him change it back to Luke Gallows instead of Doc Gallows. So is Maria going to be Maria Kanellis? Is it going to be Maria Kanellis Bennett, maybe? Could they do that? <laughs> I think I think they're just gonna they'll, they'll probably just chalk it up to the fact that she got married and and just brush right over it. You think they'll call her Maria Be- Bennett? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Formally, yeah, they'll say something about formally and plug it that way. Well, they have to bring it up, and yeah. and, and I ex- I would expect them to bring it up. They should. <laughs> it's marketing. Bring us into our next topic, there, pasty. Oh man. So I guess uh, I guess Randy Orton felt the same way we did about his WrestleMania 33 entrance. Ah. <laughs> uh, Randy was at Wizard World in St. Louis, and he was asked by a young young man in attendance, a young boy, what his favorite pay per view was, or and the Viper responded with, uh, and I quote, "I love the Big Four, but even WrestleMania." Can can have its negative side, such as having to ride a giant sperm down the ramp. So, <laughs> and we and we, we called that, didn't we? Yeah. The podcast after WrestleMania, we said it looked like a giant sperm, and I said that I wanted Paige's face on the fucking ring LEDs, and I wanted the sperm to splat up against it. <laughs> I, I said it on our podcast. We, you heard you it. Said it watching the pay per view. Maybe Randy listens. <laughs> maybe Randy listens. Oh. And he felt so passionately about it, he felt that even the children had to know. So I, I've read this article also. You and I, we, we talk, we read the same stuff, we, 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 uh, we look at the same websites a lot, read a lot of the same magazines. Uh, from all reports that we've read, um, the boy could have been no older than 10 years old that Randy Orton said this to. Randy Orton gives no fucks. But nowadays right. at 10 years old, I mean, you you know, you've done. <laughs> That's true. At 10 right, years old, right. the boy probably thought that as he watched the WrestleMania man. <laughs> He'd seen the page videos. He knew. He thought the same thing you did, Bob. His dad watched the page video with him with a beer That's in hand saying, boy. That's because the fat Mac has the mentality of a 10-year-old boy. Mm. And, yeah, and that yes. I do, and that I do. Yeah, all, you know. Also, at that Wizard World convention in St. Louis, um, he happened to, men, uh, to mention that he would love to have an elaborate entrance like Triple H has had and did have at this year's event. But he said he is often, and I quote, "screwed out of the good entrances." End quote. See, that's one thing I think needs to stop at WrestleMania. I think if you're on the bill... Triple H's entrances or what? No, no. no. <laughs> well, no. If you're on the bill for WrestleMania and the show is already going to be five hours long 
everybody should have a grand entrance at WrestleMania. No, yes. no, I'm going to disagree with you no. right now. But I'm going to say they don't the all top, have to so be a million dollar entrance ones. over the, the top. Main ones should. No, all I of think them. you could do a grand entrance for everyone without each entrance being 20 minutes long. Though. Right. Yeah. They don't I mean, have to be long. You just give them an extra firework or some more lights flashing, yeah. causing seizures or something. A little bit extra at a big pay-per-view like that. I, I like to see because that's all I watch. Anyway, it's wrestle fucking mania. Right. It should be a spectacle through and through. And, and mm-hmm. I, I, I'm often years of, I'm pissed and then I'm very let down by the grand entrances at the end. Just, just do it the whole way through. I, I think that would be far better. You know what? I'm, I'm just going to speak this, this point and then I, then I won't uh, say anything else about it. Um, I do not want to see a fucking grand entrance for the fucking six women going in for the goddamn raw women's fucking title. Okay. Let them all fucking walk their pretty asses down there and perform in the fucking ring. They could they all come down together. They don't need to come down individually. They, no, I don't want to see them come down together either because that breaks fucking fab. They shouldn't come down together. They should come out separate because they don't like each other. They're all going against each other and they should get their own fucking time. I think at an event like WrestleMania, instead of doing these fucking matches where you have every goddamn woman on each each brand in one in one match, there should be a main ticket one on one match. Yes, yeah. no, very true. That that's you know, yeah, that that's bullshit. a topic for another discussion. But truly, I agree with you a hundred percent there, and that would take away the problem with having to have a fucking. And it, a, it's right, not like it's not thing. like you don't have two top women at the time of WrestleMania. You do right at least at least yeah. right yeah. Well, they have a number one contender for Backlash. I mean, so come on, you're going to do a one on one match at fucking yeah, no. Backlash? Those those and not six, WrestleMania. The six woman matches and stuff should be held off for just a standard, you know, Sunday Night Raw. It should just be, it should just be that, you know. And, and the big shows should have the focused one on one stories. I agree. I love a multi person match, but. Hashtag women's revolution. Yeah. That's yeah. all I gotta say. Fuck. That's disgusting. Oh, <laughs> uh, we got a little bit more on the news today. Um, I'm gonna start out with one thing, and we can go into a, 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 a more sad thing, perhaps. But I'm gonna start out with something. Um, for those of you who don't follow international wrestling, last Sunday... Katsuyori Shibata wrestled against the current IWGP champion and my favorite wrestler to date at this moment, Kazuchika Okada, mm-hmm. in a 40-minute beautiful classic that every wrestling fan needs to watch. Nothing at WrestleMania was near as good. Nothing on NXT has been near as good. Just fucking Beautiful match of the year contender. You didn't need English commentary to tell you what these two individuals were trying to do inside this ring. And if you can find it, I recommend you watch it in full from the mat wrestling at the start of this grueling and sweaty match to the bloody and, and, and heartfelt ending um, it's worth your time. Go and find the whole match. But if you can't, 
about five minutes before this match ended, Shibata gave Okada one of the sickest headbutts that you will yeah. ever see and or hear. It was hard to watch. I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating this. I posted the video of just the headbutt, so you don't have to watch the whole thing. If you go to our Facebook page, this past Saturday I posted the video of the headbutt. You can see it. You can hear it. Um, you can you can see what happened, and it's sick by its own right. But if you don't know what happened after the fact, you, you just sit and think, holy shit. That's all you think. Yeah. The visual alone, including the blood trail that merrily saunters down Shibata's forehead, past his left eye, and down to the crook of his mouth. Oh, not to mention the unedited thud that sounds like an army drill sergeant just kicking a sandbag out of his fucking way as he marches along. This isn't like WWE editing in fucking sound effects. This thud that you hear is fucking legit, and you can tell it's legit. It does not sound superimposed in the least. Um... It's it's an amazing match, but at the same time, the spot is disturbing. Shibata would end up losing to Okada, and he ended up exiting the ring on his own power, but you could see that something wasn't quite right. And reports say, and I know Kevin Kelly actually had an audio interview that I listened to today, believe it or not, and it says when he got to the back, literally just past the curtains, He collapsed and could not get up. Um, Kevin Kelly was talking on the interview today, and he said that, you know, after the wrestlers went back, this was the main event. They wait a little bit. They let the fans do their thing. They say their closing talks, and then they walk back. And Kevin Kelly went back there, and he's seen Shibata on the ground, like just past the curtains. So his, his, his... his heart and his, his stamina and his everything got him to the curtains. But he, he, as soon as he got past those curtains, he just collapsed. He was rushed to a hospital where he was diagnosed and received treatment for subdural hematoma, which for everybody who didn't look this up on WebMD, because <laughs> I had to, <laughs> is a collection of blood outside of the brain. So that headbutt, gave him this subdural hematoma. Uh, it caused it caused temporary paralysis on his right side. And if you do watch the whole video, when you see him walk back, you can see he's limping to the back with his right arm just dangling and his right foot is kind of dragging. He underwent five hours of surgery, which included drilling a hole into his skull to allow blood drainage. Uh, it's scary. It's scary that, that anybody's job, I wouldn't say requires, because I I don't think he he was told by his boss, go out here and do this, but that anybody's job can elicit that kind of action from them. Right. Yeah, no, this is insane. This is, this is potentially career ending. It is. There is talks of that. Nobody knows if he'll be able to come back. I guess. Um, I guess I, I'm really happy that he got his match with uh, with the Kenny Omega, the cleaner, before this happened, because right. Damn. Well, you know, as a pro wrestling fan, 
three names come to mind when I think of the word headbutt in pro wrestling. Um, so pay pay attention, folks, because you might not recognize some of these names. One I know you'll recognize: uh, the Dynamite Kid, eighties, nineties. Right. Chris Benoit, nineties into the early two thousands, and Brian Danielson, who a lot of you know as Daniel Bryan, the GM of SmackDown. Um, the first man, Dynamite Kid, was put in a wheelchair before he was forty, and the largest chunk of that reason is because of his famous headbutt. The second ended tragically and is it's just a topic for another day. It's 420. We don't want to talk about that. We, do, we don't even need to. You guys, if, if you know the name Chris Benoit, you yeah, know. You know, you know. The third, yeah. The third was forced to retire early before he ended up like the first or second even though he may end up coming back after his WWE contract is up. But either way, there's three individuals whose careers and, dare I say, lives were ruined by performing this, this, yeah, this move. Um, This may very well be the final chapter of an international wrestling legend. And he's only 37 years old. 37 years old. Uh, He could have died right there in the ring. Yeah. Yeah, I almost thought that was what I was watching the first time I checked it out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, remember, um, Tomoakai Hanma was just stretchered from the ring for cervical spine injuries after a draping DDT spot that he took from Jado on the Friday, March 3rd, New Japan Pro Wrestling Show. This is the exact same move that Randy Orton performs on countless WWE superstars all the time. You know, if you want to go back to uh, the early 2000s, uh, Mitsuharu Misawa died in a New Japan Pro Wrestling ring after after taking a, a normal vertical suplex. He landed just wrong and broke his neck. I mean, when, when people try to say this, this isn't ballet, when folks say this isn't your normal 9 to 5, fucking this isn't. Right. You know, this isn't. But, I mean, it's a, it, it's a beautiful spot if if you took it as just that spot itself, when you think about the guy's family, when you think about Okada could have gotten the exact same injury from him doing it to him. Right. Right. You know, and, uh, and, and this isn't the first time he's done it. I know he's performed this headbutt multiple times. Ishii. I know he has Jado. I know he has, um, he's performed it before. He doesn't do it every match. It's one of those big special things that he performs and Okada, like I said, he's my man. I think he's the best in the world right now. This would be the match that you would perform something like that on. But holy shit. Right. This, is, this is strong style to the extreme. So do you think his injury was so severe because, like you said, he does pull this out from time to time. It's something that was building up waiting to happen. Well, there's no doubt that this pro- – yeah, if this had been his first one, it, this probably wouldn't have done. I don't think there's any question. What do you think, Pasty? Yeah, no, I, this, it's a headbutt, you know, it's going to go wrong eventually. And when it does, yeah, it's going to go really Brian wrong. Brian Danielson. Right. I mean, Brian Danielson's was, was multiple over time. Yeah, definitely. Well, and we've talked outside of podcast about um, uh, Goldberg and yeah. him talking about how he couldn't even finish his sentences, you know, because he had hit his head one too many times <laughs> you know? before coming out on the show. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's. 
Yeah, yeah, the long-term effects of doing it over yeah, and no. over again. I, I think Chris, Chris Benoit is the greatest uh, example of the long-term effects of head trauma over and over again. Yeah, no, head no, trauma you know I mean? is I mean, one of the one of the I think that one of the biggest tragedies when it comes to professional wrestling. This is it, it affects so many people in so many different ways. And and you never know. It it could affect you now immediately as soon as it happens. It could affect you, you know, twenty years from now when when your whole life just starts to fall apart and you can't figure out why. Yeah, there's still that huge uh, lawsuit pending against WWE right now from many '80s, '90s, and and even into the early 2000s superstars that are that are suing WWE for head trauma, claiming that they weren't given the proper notice of of what slamming your head into another individual would do to your brain. Now, I admittedly think that's a stupid fucking statement, but at the same time, I do think that these wrestling promotions might not, like I said, I I don't think that Shibata's boss went out there and said, fucking do this headbutt as hard as you fucking can and knock him loopy. Right, right. At the same time, I think he's probably pressured. This is a big time event. This is a big fucking match that I have. You make it look good. This is against Kazuchika Okada. I got to do everything I can do. So there's that unspoken pressure, I think. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's just, it's it's, it's a tragedy. And like, it's I don't sad. know, man. I, I worry, I worry not- about head trauma and, and the future of professional wrestling the, the steps that they're going to have to take to protect the guys better and how much the show itself is going to suffer because of it. Yeah. That's like, even with the NFL, you know, I, I love football. I love my Packers. It'll be a touch and league in 20 years. You're here, you, you are <laughs> right? exactly right. Every year there's more and more. And yes, we need to keep the athletes safe. Of course, you know, but it, it's a very, it's a, very fine line. Well, right. closed fists you know, are, are banned in pro wrestling. I mean, you know, will the headbutt be the next thing to be banned? On the other hand... Oh, I can definitely see that happening through something like this. Isn't a headbutt more dangerous than a closed fist? Right, yeah. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's other hand, two individuals. Yeah, that's true. You don't go into the coal mining business expecting your life to be long and, and, and healthy. You know what I mean? No, you know you what you're getting into as a professional wrestler... <laughs> You know what you're getting into as a professional wrestler when you get into it. And I think it should be these guys should expect things like this to happen. Okay, and they should I'm expect play a shorter life. For a minute, I mean, I don't I'm expecting to go out there and play it somewhat safe and try to look out for my fellow wrestler. But then my fellow wrestler kicks back and headbutts me to hell. That thud was sickening. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that was, that was crazy. So you have to have a, a little bit of, uh, shit. I can't think of the damn word. Uh, yeah, I know it's all right. Well, I've uh, slammed these beers. To, to be fair, I, I'm not, I believe in a hundred percent that Okada knew it was going to happen. It was, a, it was a spot that was talked over beforehand. That that was not a spur. Okada would have accountability was the word I was looking for. (laughs) Okada would have registered him a receipt for sure. If that came out of nowhere, Okada would have gave him a receipt. And for those of you folks who don't know what a receipt is in pro wrestling, when somebody potatoes you without letting you know, you fucking clock them back twice as hard. Like like when Seth Rollins busted John Cena's nose. (laughs) 
John Cena didn't give him a receipt, but that was an accident. <laughs> if uh, if Okada had not known about this, Okada would have fucked Shibata up. I'm I'm fairly certain about that. There's yeah. no question in my mind. It's just a, it's a slight uh, miscalculation. A and, yeah, I don't even know that it was a miscalculation. I think it went as planned. I mean, like I said, Shibata has done this before. Um, I've seen it. It's it sounded damn near as sick. It just didn't have the repercussions as it did. And as B had pointed out, perhaps it's because this just happened to be the time after you've done it. You know, you can only tangle with the devil so many times before you finally get burnt. I did right, it five right. times. He burnt the shit out of me that time. I got gonorrhea. It still hurts when I piss. <laughs> it's fucking insane. I got a cream for that. You can borrow. Yes. Uh, Family. Wow, we're, we're, off, we're going off long on this. <laughs> so I, I think we only have one more thing to talk about. And again, it is another uh, uh, sad story. Former WWE superstar Matt Anawai, better known as Rosie to some of you, uh, passed away Monday, April 17th. He was only 47 years old. He is the son of Wild Samoan Sika, but maybe more famous for being the older brother of WWE superstar Roman Reigns. Uh, No word yet on what led to his passing. But back in 2014, he was hospitalized due to congestive heart failure. Oh, wait. No, 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 no. B is just showing me a report right now. Um, He actually did pass away due to congestive heart failure, which is what he was hospitalized for back in 2014. Uh, He worked for WWE back in the 2002-2003 era as three-minute warning. You may remember them. They, They were a tag team. He was with his cousin Jamal. He later took on the moniker of Umaga, who you may remember him a little bit more. They were kind of the the hip rapper. They wore the, the fancy yeah. clothes and the yeah. headbands. I think I remember. Um, yeah, they, they were WWE tag team champions at one point. Um, they never got big, but, you know, they were Samoans, so WWE gave them a championship just as a fucking participation trophy, as they tend to do to any fucking Samoan. Um, I mean, and, I, and I don't mean that with any disrespect. God bless him. I'm sorry to see him go. Um, can't say I was a huge fan of Three Minute Warning, but they they played their place at that time. Um, that was about the time I quit watching wrestling, so I do remember them. I was probably done watching wrestling before they even left, though. So I can't say I have fond memories of them. Uh, obviously, Jamal, I know a lot better as Ubaga and followed his career more when I got back into wrestling or at least back into WWE wrestling. Uh, but it's sad. 47, too early for anybody to go. He was big, but he wasn't that big. Right. He wasn't Yokozuna big. He right. wasn't Big Daddy V big. He, he wasn't the biggest person in that in that wrestling family by any means. No. No. So it's, it's sad to hear. Um, SmackDown gave him a proper in memory of, so that was kind of nice. They paid their respects. And that was our moment of silence. Yes, it was. (laughs) For Matthew, rest in peace. (laughs) Enough with the silence and on with the show. On with the show. I think we can get to move on to our next segment, uh, on up, moving on up. 
Well, the deluxe apartment in the sky. <laughs> Sorry, Pacey. Move it on on up. I was going to join in. You <laughs> He's the only one out of the three of us. I know, and I was <laughs> just about to join in, and you guys stopped. Our I know. For lack there. We're assholes. <laughs> yes, yes we are. And you like ass, so it's all good. Yes. Ass rings. Ass ring. Hashtag ass rings, folks. Oh, yes. I Put that on all your on posts. Hashtag right ass rings. Let's get that shit trending. Let's spread the word at work. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm at a loss, Pasty. Where are you at? We are at our next segment, and that would be the 420 special beef sticks reefer picks. Beef sticks reefer picks. I like the way that sounds. It flows it does, very nicely. It's, it it's very it's tasty. It flows flows like some good smoke. Pasty says it's tasty. So let's pasty be says hasty. it's tasty. Don't be hasty. So, beef sticks, reefer picks. We're just going to, you know, it's 420. We kind of came up with this on the spur of the moment. We're going to come up with a few uh, a few well-known either pot heads in professional wrestling, uh, pot gimmicks, marijuana stories. We're going to tie in the Tide Stick in our... I don't have a Thai word for a podcast, but that'd be cool if I did. <laughs> they still make Thai sticks? I loved those things. Oh, something. You're talking about the fucking detergent, the... aren't yeah, you? Yeah, well, what are you talking about? <laughs> talking about the Tide. joint that used to... <laughs> talking about the joint that used to have a fucking... Back in the 90s... Well, actually, I think this started back in the 60s. They'd make oh, joints yeah. that had sticks attached to them. And so when they'd start burning down, you could hold them by the end of the stick and not try to hold the roach close <laughs> really you'd good get, idea. You'd get a tight stick. I'm not a stoner. I've um, never pretended later to be Later on in like the 80s understand. and 90s, they made they made these uh, papers that had like a really thin uh, like paper clip. I think they just put a paper clip in the paper. And so as you burnt it down, that paper clip would stay yeah. and you could hold that. And I, I used to smoke down, but it burned really shitty because the weed where that fucking metal stick would be would barely burn. And it was... It was it was more yeah. of a pain in the ass than it was a, a, yeah. a convenience. Yeah, just the novelty. But it was a gimmick. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, novelty. Get, 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 yeah. Your, get yourself a set of roach clips. You'll be fine. Damn right. Or just or just save them all in your doobie-ass tray, as Devin the Dude would say. Or, or eat them. You can always eat them. We used to do I've that shit. I've known plenty of people to do that. Smoke it down, smoke it down, smoke it down. In our fucking lip. And fucking suck on them like it was fucking uh, chewing tobacco and just suck the THC out of them. We used to do that in school all the fucking time. <laughs> then we'd have black fucking teeth. Figure that shit. <laughs> Beef sticks, reefer picks. We're going to go with a, with a very, very unknown wrestler who a lot of folks may not know is even into the weed kind of propaganda right. and into marijuana. Rob... Van Dam. Who would have guessed, man? Rob Van Dam smokes weed? No way. <laughs> Smoke weed every day. <laughs> man, Rob Van Dam used to pay Vince McMahon up front each year for his pot tickets. Because if you get popped with marijuana in the WWE, the only slap on the wrist you get is a small fine of a thousand dollars back then 
Oh, back well, then. yeah, back then, yeah. Nowadays, it's it's a lot worse, <laughs> as Roman Reigns will tell you. Right, you get to beat <laughs> the Undertaker and retire him. Exactly. Yeah, Rob Van Dam. He is he is unapologetically very pro marijuana. He's gone out there, spread the word about the, the Seth Rogen of, not only of marijuana, WWE. Yeah, not not even marijuana, but of hemp products in general, the clothing, the paper, everything. I mean, he's a big advocate of hemp in general, not just getting high and smoking weed. And he's very big on getting high and smoking weed. But the whole hemp product in general, he's big on. He's he's very hippie, down to earth. He's strategies type of fucking wrestler. I mean, Strata oh, yeah. would love him. Oh yeah. Yeah, Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam is is a classic WWE stoner. Uh, yeah, and, and he's he's been known in his ECW days. He had his common catchphrase. Um, everybody knows the whole Austin three sixteen says, "I just whooped your ass." Well, Rob Van Dam in the ECW had the whole RVD four twenty says, "I just smoked your ass." <laughs> <laughs> Shame Vince you know, wouldn't let him he, use that. <laughs> I know. And and um back in the ECW days, Rob Van Dam, uh back when he was in a team with Sabu and was was being managed by Bill Alfonso, the some of you know him as the whistling blowing guy, the whistle blowing guy. Uh they actually they got the cover of the High Times magazine. Uh, don't know if that's a thing anymore, but for folks who don't know, that was the first big-time pot-smoking magazine ever. Uh, the, they got the High Times cover with with the, the, the banner, Extreme Championship Pot-Smoking. <laughs> I mean, if that didn't just put it on blast. So there, there's right. no way Paul Heyman didn't know about their project. Paul Heyman did not test these guys. Paul Heyman was just a laid back fucking, as long as you're making me money, I'm going to keep paying you money kind of guy. Right. He was a Jew. He just wanted money. He is a Jew. Fucking anybody who's watched his, 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 uh, biography video even says my bar mitzvah. I took the money. I invested it into a business because I'm a Jew. <laughs> right. Hey, speaking Hello. speaking of big potheads who invest in business, you can't forget Val Venus, also known as Captain Cannabis. Yes, indeed. He's not going to lie. I enjoy meeting Val Venus. <laughs> the ladies love Val Venus. Yes, they do. More than cool James. <laughs> Right, he stepped away from the the wrestling scene and opened his own medical marijuana disp- dispensary in Mesa, Arizona, known as the Health for Life Marijuana Dispensary, and he goes by the moniker Captain Cannabis, which I'm you pretty know, sure like original, I'm pretty sure every I, I third his... guy in the world is Captain Cannabis. That sounds very right. common and overused. <laughs> I liked the name of his business before he changed it to Health for Life. Now, don't get me wrong. Health for Life sounds very professional yeah. and sounds very medicinal. Uh, but before it was Health for Life, 
It used to be known as the Purple Haze Lounge. Yeah, that sounds which way sounds better. way more fucking fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will I will make time out of my day to hit up the Purple Haze Lounge. I will dread going to the Health for Life shop. Right. Okay? As a non-stoner, I would go <laughs> stop at the Purple Haze Lounge. Even I am drawn to that. <laughs> and I, I did just want to let you know, Bubba, High Times is still a magazine. Still in circulation. Yes, they have digital copies. They have a website. You can subscribe. They're all over that Facebook, awesome. too. Check them out on they Facebook. They all forgot to subscribe. Probably. <laughs> and and in the Purple Haze Lounge uh, sort of uh, uh, theme, there there happens to be a, a, uh, a certain backdrop with our pasty white, which the folks listening cannot see, but we can see. What have you got back there, pasty? I've got a very nice bamboo <laughs> tapestry of the one and only legend, Jimi Hendrix, sitting here before you guys. It's all in my brain. Yes, indeed. Perfect suiting, suitable for 420 and also for blocking my, my dirty, dirty kitchen from view. You got to do it, man. You got to do the gotta 420. Do you got to do. do the dirty kitchen. <laughs> Uh, one of the more famous uh, pot-related stories, which is also a cocaine-related story, and as Rick James would tell you, cocaine's a hell of a drug. Um, R.I.P. Charlie Murphy. Yes. Yes, rest in peace, Charlie Murphy. Thank you, B. That needed to be said, especially on this of uh, 420 days. Um, WWE Hall of Famer and soon to be, hopefully, on the Beef Sticks podcast, Hacksaw Jim Duggan has a very famous story where he and the Iron Sheik got pulled over and arrested for possession of marijuana and cocaine in 1987. Now, the reverberations of that uh, stretched long. Both Hacksaw and the Sheik got fired from that. And Hacksaw has said many times, and also in his book that was released, that he feels that is what kept him from becoming a main event star. He even talked about plans that Vince McMahon had for him to become world champion just weeks after that incident, and everything changed. And he says that he he would be 10 times the star he is today if it were not for that incident. Now, truth be told, and this has been said by Hacksaw, by Shiki Baby, by Vince and by many others in the industry, that the biggest deal wasn't that Hacksaw Jim Duggan and the Iron Sheik were arrested for possession of marijuana and cocaine. In fact, if you frequent our Facebook page, you will see that I posted a memory from a while back when I was listening to the Sheik's uh, um, autobiography, in which case they say Vince McMahon came into the gym. And he approached the sheik. And he said, Sheik! And the sheik said, Oh, yes, sir, Baba, sir. He called people Baba. This isn't me just saying it. Okay, this isn't <laughs> Fat Max saying it. He called people Baba. That's what he did. He, that's the name he knew. He's foreign, okay? And Vince McMahon said, Sheik, you tested positive for cocaine! And the sheik looked at him and said, Ah, yes, sir. Ah, thank you, sir. Ah, baba, sir. I am very happy, sir. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, it wasn't fucking out of the fucking realm 
for these guys to be doing cocaine and weed. No, what actually happened was this is the first time in mainstream media, because this is the the late 80s, the news is getting bigger, we have cable channels, things are crossing the continent, perhaps into other countries. But what happened was Hacksaw Jim Duggan was a face. The Iron Sheik was a heel. And Vince was so fucking pissed that there was a legal (laughs) document stating that a face was doing drugs and partying with a heel. And that's why they got fired. Had nothing to do with him fucking doing drugs. (laughs) He was pissed that they broke kayfabe. Now, to a lot of the listeners nowadays, you may think, what the fuck? That doesn't even make any sense. Because it doesn't. Nowadays, kayfabe doesn't exist. Back in the 80s, kayfabe still existed. It existed in through the fucking 90s, believe it or not. I mean, kayfabe was a thing back then. So that's what got him fired. But it's still, it's one of the biggest marijuana related uh, stories in wrestling history, I would say. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another thing I can bring up, um, I, I listen to I listen to Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast. I subscribe to that podcast. Uh, I do also. I don't, I don't listen, to, listen it. to it regularly. <laughs> I do listen to it, but I don't listen to it regularly. I but listen I, to it when I, it's I about wrestling, usually. Right? Yeah, and it's not always. And that's okay. That's okay. He's not a wrestling podcast. He's Stone Cold's podcast. Um, but he mentioned on his podcast that Rick Rude was a, was a big pothead. That kind of caught me off guard. Ravishing Rick Rude. Yes, Ravishing Rick Rude. That caught me off guard. I, I, I guess I didn't picture him as a pothead. Nah, nah. I could totally I see I him either. in like the the late eighties, early nineties, hanging out with my dad, smoking a doobie. He seems like the type. I see him doing cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, definitely <laughs> cocaine too. But oh, he probably did both. Well, yeah. <laughs> With Hacksaw and the Sheik. Yeah, right. He just didn't get busted at that particular night. I could see Rick Rude to have like a giant bong in his sex room. Oh, I'll bet he had a giant bong, okay, buddy? Yeah. No, he not a dong. for whoever wanted to see it. <laughs> no, I, you know, I just, I guess I never pictured him as one. He, But he was suave. He was laid back. He was cool. Right. I mean, he kind of put that demeanor through. I never made the connection, but looking back on it after hearing it, it's like, you know, I can I can see that laid back, cool, kind of like, hey, I'm going to fuck your wife. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Some guys come in like, hey, I'm going to fuck your wife. But other dudes come in just like, hey, I'm going to fuck your wife. I'd take either one. And, uh, well, <laughs> Rick Rude was the latter. <laughs> Uh, uh, Brock Lesnar was the former. <laughs> but it's the latter. <laughs> um, you can't bring up pot smoking and professional wrestling without bringing up the tag team of Chronic. This was in the dying days of WCW. Um, they thought, you know what? We have two big wrestlers named Brian. Let's put them in a tag team together. <laughs> I loved them both. Brian Adams, who some of you might know as Crush from Demolition. Yeah. And and Brian Clark, who a lot of you might know as Wrath from WCW. Um, They ended up becoming a tag team together called Chronic. 
K-R-O-N-I-K. Now, ironically, neither one of them were big potheads. And it really had nothing to do with them personally. It was basically the late 90s way of them trying to be cool and capitalize on something while just making a makeshift tag team. In the long run, those two actually melded very well together. And they made a really good tag team that could have went a long way. When WWE bought out WCW, they came to WWE. They didn't last long. But they were two mid-card guys in a land where Vince was trying to squash everything that came up WCW any fucking ways. Look at DDP, for example. Right. um, Or Buff Bagwell or the NWO or any of that shit. So they didn't have a chance. I I liked them. But they were they were a pot themed tag team. Do you remember them at all, Pasty? I know you weren't a WCW guy, and I know they weren't long lived. Do you remember them at all when they like first maybe came to WWE or or anything? The the name definitely strikes me as something that is familiar. Um, I, I think I remember them very 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 briefly because I would I would still see WCW here and there, but it was always just a flash, you know, and then done. Um, but, I mean, unsurprisingly, we can move on to uh, the Godfather being a famous pothead. Uh, oh. You know, he's the thing that involved illegal activities and debauchery. He was involved in. Oh yeah, oh yeah, man, this guy, the whole train. He had the whole train. <laughs> Oh yeah. Now the Godfather is is a beloved icon of the nineties attitude era. And, Too and, right. And no doubt a huge pothead. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Not not only in his character, but personally. Definitely. Um, some of you may remember him as Papa Shango back in the day. You don't fucking get dressed up in fucking voodoo paint and walk down to a bunch of fucking smoke without being stoned. Now let's go back to WrestleMania. Let's talk about fucking famous, horrible WrestleMania moments. Uh, was it WrestleMania nine or 10? Uh, oh shit. And you know what? Somebody better call me out on this because I might be wrong on all of them. Uh, my mind is, is is often slippery, but very watery today. Anyways, Hulk Hogan versus Sid Justice, WrestleMania. The spot is Hulk Hogan is is starting to win. Papa Shango runs out. Now, now the guy that played Godfather also played Papa Shango. This was before Godfather. All right, he was a voodoo kind of priest. I loved the character. It was awesome. He had a feud with the Ultimate Warrior and made him throw up all over himself. It was amazing. <laughs> Papa Shango was supposed to run out, interfere in the match, cause a disqualification, and not only does Hogan not have to lose, but Sid Justice saves face, right? But, oh my gosh, Papa Shango is fucking stoned and forgets to fucking run out. Sid Justice becomes the first person to kick out of a fucking Hogan leg drop because fucking Papa Shango was too stoned to fucking remember to run out and interfere on the fucking match. 
So Sid Justice kicks out of a fucking leg drop. Hogan's leg drop looks weak. The match looks fucked up. Papa Shango ends up running out. He looks confused when he's in the fucking ring. He had to have been stoned. And I'm going to tell you this. If the motherfucker wasn't stoned when he fucked it up, by God, when he went back to the hotel room, he got stoned to forget the shit. You would hope he did. Because it's one of the biggest Fs in in WrestleMania history. You look back. I mean, go Google biggest fuck-ups in WrestleMania history or biggest botches or worst matches. Sid Justice, Hulk Hogan is in there, and the the biggest reason is because Papa Shango fucked up that moment. Uh, I love him. I love him. I was really disappointed that when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, he was only inducted as the Godfather, and not his his because he was Kama Mustafa, also in the Nation of Domination. The Nation got, gave uh, Rocky Maivia his start, who became the Rock. You know, Dwayne Johnson, right. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't like when they induct characters and not people. They did it to Razor Ramon. Um, he's too fucked up. He couldn't say no. But then when Kevin Nash got inducted, he said, you are not. They wanted to induct Diesel and they wanted him to dye his hair. He said, no, I'm not going in as Diesel. I'm going in as Kevin Nash. Fuck you. Right. Um, that's, that's off topic. But nonetheless, that's, that's you know. Um, that, that's that's what I think of the Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, it's a 420 guy. Can you imagine I'm not fucking stoned? I'm rambling off on these stories. I'm not even stoned. I need a fucking blunt or a spliff or a bone or something. I told you to come God here and record damn, today. I, I told you to come here to record today. I know. And you, you said okay. Do we got any? What else do we got? What other beef sticks, reefer picks do we got today? Oh man! Yeah. Well, let's jump right from the Godfather to Montavious Von Border. Montel Vontavious. Yes. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> He's stoned. Montavious, my man. My man, Montavious. I knew I was getting that wrong as it Montel came out. Vontavious I couldn't stop Porter. the gears. I couldn't stop the gears. Um. Yeah, he's just, you know, his gimmick has never had anything to do with it. But outside of wrestling, he's been very vocal about just being a pothead. He isn't big on medical marijuana. He isn't big on, oh, you know, if you make paper out of hemp, it saves millions of trees and gives us how much oxygen. He has been very vocal about saying, hey, I fucking smoke weed. He has been uh, he has been suspended from WWE for wellness violations. He left he left on his own recognizance. Um, this is a man who, perhaps because of marijuana, was able to see the bigger picture and said, "You know what? WWE will never use me right." Now you got to remember, this was back in the early two thousands, folks. This isn't the AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, Daniel Bryan, Shinsuke Nakamura era. This was the Randy Orton. Triple H, Big Show, John Cena era. Yeah. He said to himself, WWE ain't going to fucking do anything with me. I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to make less money, but I'm going to love what I'm doing. And he went to Japan and he became a huge star. He, He grew as a professional wrestler and he was good in WWE. He was very good. He was upper mid card to lower uh, top tier easily when he left he jumped up in his skills 
Um, he came back. He joined Ring of Honor. He joined Impact Wrestling. He joined Pro Wrestling Gorilla. He went all over the world. He spread himself as thin and as wide as he could. And, and I like to spread myself as wide as I can, too. I, I know that. It's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, uh, and the whole time, he's just, he's never been apologetic. He's just a pothead. What's wrong with that? Ain't nothing wrong with that. Nothing. No, he doesn't make it his gimmick. He isn't banking off this at all. It's just him. That That's him. And he isn't ashamed to say it. You shouldn't have to be. And, you know, I have high hopes that one day soon nobody will have to be ashamed of it. I, I You know, of all, the, of all the drugs that you can do out there, smoking a fucking joint is really the least of all of that shit. It's it's below caffeine, folks. Fuck. Right, right, right. I've done more damage drunk than I have stoned. <laughs> now, I've only been stoned twice in my life, but I've still done more damage drunk than I have stoned. So we've only got a couple people left, and it, it, this is just our beef sticks reefer picks. There's a thousand and one pro wrestlers that smoke pot. There's a thousand and one indie gimmicks involving marijuana. There, there's everything. Um, I'm going to go to two more uh, kind of low-tier people, and we're going to end with a big name. Who is it? What could he be doing? Why is he smoking pot? Well, we know Have I forgot pot. what the fuck we're talking about because <laughs> we're stoned? We don't know. Um, so, the duel of Brian Kendrick and Paul London. Any people who followed WWE in the 2000s know of Brian Kendrick and Paul London. Two of the most talented people to never fucking get over in that time, in that day and age. Uh, they were a tag team together. I want to say they won the tag team championship together at one yeah. point. Yeah, I think they did. I, I could be making that up, but I think they did. Yeah. Basically agrees with me. It has to be true. It's fucking written in stone now. We both say it. It's true. Be it's written said. in stone. <laughs> um, uh, Brian Kendrick has been very adamant about smoking marijuana. He has also been busted for wellness violations. In fact, he busted the uh, three strikes law and all three were for marijuana. He did not ever fail for steroids, which is probably not a shock to anybody who knows Brian Kendrick. <laughs> uh, the Brian Kendrick. The Brian Kendrick. Thank you. Um, he, he doesn't do crack. He doesn't do coke. He doesn't shoot heroin. He isn't on GHB. Um, none of that shit. Um, he, he enjoys marijuana. He's a very, um, he, he's another guy Strata would like. He's very Zen-like. Yes. He likes to, to connect with the universe in all forms and fashion, not just by getting stoned. He's very Buddhist, very hippie, very, I'm one with nature and I'm in the universe. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Brian Kendrick is and, uh, is is definitely he's he's another RVD kind of stoner, I think. Definitely, a hundred percent. And uh, and and Paul London, who was his tag team partner, and was a tag team champion. And this was actually back in two thousand six and two thousand seven, as B has just pulled up for us. She's very good on the statistics. I tell you what, she's amazing. I am amazing. Um, <laughs> he actually would make a lot of shoot videos after he was gone from WWE 
And he would just tell his blatant fucking God's honest opinions on all these fucking WWE superstars. And it, almost every video, he was just smoking pot and just laying it down. <laughs> I mean, he had a doobie in his hand. He'd fucking puff on it. He'd bitch about this guy and that guy. He'd say, this dude is cool. It was, it was basically just Paul London recreating the scene from, uh, um, oh, not High Times. What was the Dave Chappelle one? Uh, um, half-baked, half-baked. Half-baked. Fuck you, fuck you, fucking... fuck you. Yeah. You're cool, and fuck you. I'm that was not. basically it. He, he yeah. did a series of videos that was basically <laughs> that, just more eloquently. <laughs> so not to shit on their title reign or anything there, Fat Mac. But um, they held, they they were the longest reigning champions until the New Day finally broke their streak. Holy shit, if you ain't ready. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, let's, let's not downplay <laughs> that. Yeah. Well, to be fair, that was during the time when, when WWE's tag team ranks were fucking nilled and to fucking shit. Yeah, yeah, very but much But at so. the same time, not to take, like you said, not to take anything away from them. Brian Kendrick and Paul London... If you put them in today, like if you hired Paul London right now and put them in there with the Brian Kendrick, they'd go toe to toe with the Usos. They'd go toe to toe with the Hardys. They'd oh, yeah. go toe to toe with the New Day. They'd go toe to toe with Enzo and Cass, the Good Brothers. Make it happen. I mean, they they were a fucking phenomenal tag yeah. team. It, they, they were where they were at that time, where New Day was just a while ago. Or where the Usos were. I mean, last week we talked about it uh, during the Usos when they first started. They were the only good tag team in a pond of shit. And, and yeah, I'd say Brian Kendrick and Paul London were were in the same boat. Thank you, B, for bringing that up because I don't remember these things, and that's very true. Actually, I'm, I'm here for you, bro. Um, the last one I want to go off on: huge fucking name, and. Uh, unapologetically my favorite pro wrestler of all time <laughs> hulk hogan yes indeed the himself we're not talking terrible Leia and his fucking five inch cock we're talking Ooh. hulk hogan and his 10 inch penis yes yes motherfucker that's what we're talking about that's what i'm talking about now um hogan himself is a very smart businessman and there are no on-the-record reports or admissions of smoking marijuana by Hulk Hogan. Ever. Ever. Straight-laced. Take That's your vitamins, kayfabe. say your prayers, work out. That's all he does. That's all he does. But people behind the scenes have claimed um, the warrior himself went on record saying... That Hogan would use marijuana every day, and that his mantra was a day without weed was like a day without sunshine. That's beautiful. I think a lot of people feel that. I way. just, I just had a tear roll down my cheek as you read that. I, I watched it. It glistened in your lighting. I, I heard it. I seen it. I felt it. Um. Now this guy, this guy grew up in a, in a bad part of Florida. He moved on and lived his life on the on the California coast. Of course, the motherfucker's smoking weed. He was a pro wrestler. Yeah. I mean, all of those things say I'm a pothead. Every single one of those statements scream I'm a pothead. He's a divorcee whose son went to jail and his daughter was fucking a black man. I mean, all of those things scream I'm smoking pot. 
<laughs> right. He should be, anyways. He, the man lives with a lot of stress. The man lives with a lot of fucking stress. If he's not smoking pot, man, mm, I don't know. I don't know how you'd survive that life. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. There are beef sticks, reefer picks for this, your April the 20th of the year 2017. Yes, indeed. Now, moving forward, let's get into some uh, sticky conspiracies. <sighs> I'm really excited for this. We started talking about this last weekend, or last week on the show, and this week we are doing the B6 selective breeding theory. Over the years, WWE CEO Vincent Kennedy McMahon has successfully hidden truth behind theatrics. Despite many internet news sources, podcasts, and formerly YouTube channels, many things occur behind the doors of WWE headquarters in Stanford, Connecticut that remain unbeknownst to the general public. While McMahon's knack for masking reality with smoke and mirrors rings legendary around the world, some evidence of unorthodox and sometimes disturbing events surface to the observant few join us as we journey further down the rabbit hole and into the world of the macabre so we're finally made it we're down in the boysment of Stanford, Connecticut and WWE headquarters and and you're not gonna believe what we found now, upstairs, we, we've snuck past the guards, and we've caused a distraction. We, we, I believe we're probably going to get arrested for this in the long run, but the, the truth needs to get out. And what we're seeing, what we're seeing is just unfathomable. There, there's test tubes, test tubes and bikers all over the place, Bunsen burners, there's a microwave in the corner with a burrito that I don't think has anything to do with this. But truly, truly we have found what we thought we may. Over in the back room, it, it's kind of hidden behind a fake painting of Triple H, clad in nothing but a loincloth, and Stephanie grasping at his ample thigh. But behind that painting, we found a room, a room full of ungodly-like creatures, creatures that, that we can't describe. There's, there's some sorts of tubes, a pink liquid that all these creatures are in. Some, some look like just, just tiny little spermlets swimming around, some infantile, but others, others look like almost fully grown humans. Fully grown humans with, with biceps rippling and and with six pack abs the which Arnold Schwarzenegger would be jealous of. There's just amazing hair on these individuals. Amazing hair that doesn't even need to be combed. I swear these bodies are hairless. I mean, there's not a bit of chest or armpit hair on any, any of these individuals is striking. Truly, we have found the lair in which Vince McMahon 
bio-duplicates his superstars for the future. I, I know that a while back, one of our colleagues found a specimen and sent us a picture through camera phone, and years later, we've seen that same specimen on WWE TV, and it went by the name of a Braun Strowman. Now, folks... We, we're here and doing this for you. We're risking a freedom to bring you the truth because we feel that no one should play God. No one, not even a Vincent Kennedy McMahon, should be able to pervert nature. And what we see here with these creatures, by God, there's women with bosoms so ample and ass for days but also with six pack abs and with biceps it's amazing I'm telling you their eyebrows are just impeccable this is the sort of thing that is not meant for humans and it's just it's it's amazing and, and flabbergasting may be the only word for it oh hold on I hear something. Oh my god! Run! Run! They're coming! They're coming! They're coming! Oh god! Hours! Hours! If anything else, I hope you all just spread the message! Listen to the man! He's playing God! He's playing God! He's playing God! Well, you know what? You know what? Hey, well, let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about Lita. Um, Lita had started a relationship with Matt Hardy, who you think would be perfect, Team Extreme. Oh, that's great! We got it. Vince McMahon did not like Matt Hardy because Matt Hardy kind of thought his own thoughts and wanted to do his own thing and had his own creative mind. And then what happened? Lita was no longer with Matt Hardy. Jeff's a fucking smack addict. But I agree, because Jeff (laughs) is a person who would, as I mentioned before, he would follow the leader. He would. He'd blindly follow what, what the boss told him. But he didn't want Matt to be with him. So he, he pushed her to Edge, and he started a program where she's with Edge. And then what happened? They literally fucked on live television. Some people say it didn't happen. A lot of people say it fucking did happen. Edge has, Edge has given... You know what? Edge has, Edge has given two different parts of this story, or two different versions of this story. Edge has said that he slipped it in twice. 
And that's the only thing he's ever admitted to. And then on other th- times, he says he never did anything. Um, like you said, I agree. I'm pretty sure he slipped it in at least once. And if he admits to slipping it in twice, he slipped it in twice. If he admits twice, it was more like four or five. I don't know, dude. Have you seen me go? I could have finished by that. I, I know plenty I of guys who could have finished twice. Smoked. Yeah, <laughs> no shit. Fuck that. Especially with an audience, man. I'm on with it. Well, no, an audience makes me go longer. But I have the proof for that. You weren't there that night, Pacey. The trampoline. The I unfortunately was, and it was a bad, bad night. It was. It was a, you've heard stories. Uh, to, to me, that's that's the biggest uh, the biggest blatant uh, manipulation of Vince McMahon as to who he wants with whom. With obviously, uh, Lita didn't even end up with with, with either of them. Um, Edge is happily married now, and and Matt Hardy is actually happily married now to another wrestler, uh, Reddy Sky. Is it is it by coincidence that now he wants them in his clutches now that they're reproducing with King Maxwell? Yeah. We we heard the audio clip. I mean, I mean, there's been there's been proof of this happening. It's some found footage shit. We haven't we haven't been able to track down the people directly involved, but but this was given to us to spread to the public because it needs to get out there. And they didn't want to go to one of the bigger wrestling podcasts in fear that they were still under the thumb of WWE Enterprises. With Jack Swagger of all people. So well, well just 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 wait a second. Just wait a second. Let's go back to Paige and Del Rio. So what do we know about Vincent Kennedy McMahon? Not only I'm not gonna say he's racist because because he comes from a different generation. He sees races different. I'm not going to say Very he's well racist. Said. Very well said. He sees races different. Um, Vince does not want machismo, Spanish, honcho, uh, breeding with this this pale, blah, English woman. Uh, to him, he doesn't see what that would create for him. He doesn't see how he could market the child of these two individuals. He thinks that they're going to create a, a, a farming 
trailer park person. He said, this person's going to farm fucking peas and pick rocks and then go home to their trailer park because they're as Mexican and as white as they can get. That's what Vince sees. He said, I'm not going to do that. That's not what I want. I don't see any fucking point in this. He tries to push Rosa Mendez to Del Rio. It happened backstage. People have said that. She didn't want him. He didn't want her. You know? And so the fact that he tries to split him up and he can't, like you said, he drove him out of the company. He apparently does not know about Michael Douglas and Catherine Zeta-Jones. He doesn't know about Michael Douglas and Catherine. Because you want to talk about a white man and a Spanish woman. I mean, I guess the sexes are opposite. Vince McMahon does not understand that things exist outside of the WWE. Yeah. He doesn't. I got a Freddie Prince Jr. story to fucking go on that that I may tell another time. (laughs) But it's true. He doesn't. Like, realistic. This isn't me just... This this isn't the Fat Mac character fucking going off on my shit. Vince McMahon honestly doesn't understand shit exists outside of the WWE. It's sad. It it is very apparent in the WWE universe. So go so go on now to, to Big Cass and come out. I, I was just trying. I I just want to uh, expand on on what we're talking about here. Carmel, there's a man for you. The woman with no ass meets the man with no chin. Um, so, so, so what, what doesn't he like about, uh, Big Cass and Carmel? To me, an outsider looking in, you got beautiful, uh, WWE superstars in the making with that combination. What, right. What, what doesn't work there? Why, why does he want to split them up? Gotten better, damn it! Give him some credits. Uh, not a lot. <laughs> a little bit, baby steps, baby steps. He's gotten as he's he's gotten as he's improved as much on the mic as Enzo has improved in the fucking ring. Okay, let's not fucking let's not kid ourselves here. As much as I love both of them, they're both severe. Both they, they need each other, or they're gonna. You can see he's try. trying. He's trying. They're both trying. Well, they're yes. Trying. God a bless for them. effort. A for Carmel effort. is trying. God bless her. I really would like to see. You know, the more I see of her, even with fucking Ellsworth by her side, but the more I see of her, the more I like her, and the more I want her to break away from his fucking dumbass and be her own woman and do something. She's got the attitude. Yes. She just needs the the ring experience. Um, you know, I, I guess I'm not sure. To me, if it was if it was Carmella and Enzo, I could see Vince putting a kibosh to it. I to me I think these two would be right up Vince's fucking alley as his his salivating fucking uh ice cream sandwich of professional wrestlers. They seem like good specimens. 
Maybe when Enzo and Cass break up. One of them pissed on somebody's Cheerios. They're going to break up, and then Cass is going to go to Carmella's show, whichever one she's on, and then it's going to be beautiful. And then Enzo is going to leave WWE because... Because. Because. <laughs> I can't finish it. It breaks my heart. It breaks my heart to finish that sentence. Hey, what's what's the, what's what's the biggest? Wait, wait. What's the biggest one? What's the biggest one of all time? Let's go back. Let's go back past current superstars. What are two? Okay, you go talk to motherfuckers in the world, and you say, "What are the?" Go talk to Mon Pop Kettle, okay, and say, "Who are the two biggest wrestlers that you know?" They're gonna say Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage. So. Hulk Hogan, the golden boy. Everybody knows that was Vince's golden boy. He was the golden goose that laid the eggs. He was the man that brought WrestleMania. He was the man that brought the rock and wrestling connection. He was the man that created what WWF is today. We would not have this podcast if it were not for Hulk Hogan. Now, Macho Man Randy Savage, although a superior athlete was never going to be Hulk Hogan. He wasn't. He had he, he had almost everything that, that you could ask for. He wasn't going to be Hulk Hogan. He even had Slim Jims. Now, the biggest woman in the mid to late 80s and even into the early 90s was Miss Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Miss Elizabeth. Yes, Miss Elizabeth. How many stories do we have about Macho Man going crazy because Hogan was in a storyline with Miss Elizabeth. Vince said Hogan need to grab Miss Elizabeth. Vince said that Macho Man should should bump into Miss Elizabeth into Hogan's arms. Hogan was caught backstage with Miss Elizabeth. Macho Man Randy Savage is locking Miss Elizabeth in his dressing room on these dates because he doesn't want her talking to anybody. There's even video of Macho Man confronting Hulk Hogan on a Saturday night main event when they were supposed to be doing a fucking storyline. I I think this is probably the biggest and most blatant effort, and it it didn't fucking follow through. Miss Elizabeth never fell for Hogan, and some might say Hogan maybe never fell for Miss Elizabeth. I don't know. We don't know what happened. But, um, shit. Uh, Macho Man. Yep. With, with nary a fucking word said of him. Nary a fucking Hall of Fame induction until he was dead for how many years? Oh. Yeah, that was deep. Hey, you got to bring in Sean Waltman into this conversation. Well, you have a daughter, so so pasty. You look at Triple H and you look at 
at, at Shane. Now, don't look at money, even though they both have it. Money, 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 money. Who, who are you looking at thinking they will make fine grandchildren? You're looking at Triple H. Because you know what? Either one of my daughters could hook up with Triple H. And I would be okay with that. And anybody's daughter can hook up with Shane. I mean, I'll take Shane on the side. And then my daughters could take Triple H. But genetically speaking, when you think of the movie Species, the woman sniffed out the oh, perfect man. Yep. She she sniffed out the perfect man, even killed the man with diabetes, even yes. though he was good looking. Diabetes. You know, he was the perfect man, but he had diabetes, and so she killed him. Don't so just chop the off the foot like most folks. Right. This is, it's the same thing. Shane is the diabetes of looks damage shame and, with your diabetes and really it'd be awkward somebody shoot that fucking insulin into that cocksucker it'd, it'd be awkward if stephanie and shane had kids i can't i just don't realize where i was going with that analogy sorry it'd be awesome as hell though if somebody just shot shane full of insulin in one match and fucking yeah, come down see what happened here's a diabetes of the mcmahon you fucker Here's some insulin. I hope that's on my grave. Um, but no, no. You actually bring up a, a really valid point in that you think of when people talk about the, the Attitude Era was the boom of wrestling, right? Okay? Yes. And, that was, and that was Vince's midlife. Vince is an old fucking man he right now. Yep. We don't, he doesn't like to admit it, and we don't like to, to believe it. It's fucking old. This was his midlife. He had to have been thinking about what's coming in the future. Think of how Vince took the company from his father when Vince was only in his 30s. So Vince is thinking about this shit. It's on his fucking mind, okay? Now you go back and you think, um, let's go back to the Click documentary. Let's go back to a ton of other interviews, but the Click documentary, especially, that's a WWE-sanctioned uh, DVD, video, VOD, stream, whatever the fuck they call it nowadays. I don't know what shit is nowadays. There's some pay-per-views. Oh, yeah, I don't DVDs, know either. There's some Blu-rays. There's a VOD. I don't fucking know. I'm older than both of you, so I'm lost. So, the, the big people are Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Triple H is starting to get big, right? Bret Hart left. So these, these are your big... I, and Undertaker. And, and I'm going to leave him out because I don't have ne- anything negative to say about him. Other than maybe Vince just assumed his cock was too big to shove in Stephanie's ass at that age. Maybe he thought I don't it was dead. Know. Maybe he just thought it was limp and he dead. He could have thought it was dead. So I don't know. But I'm going to leave him out. So let's go with who I talked about. So you got Shawn Michaels. He pisses Vince off. As much money as he made and as much as Vince promoted him, Vince hated this motherfucker because he couldn't stop him from doing what he was doing. Sean was on drugs. Sean was fucking abusing his power. Sean was no-showing events when he didn't want to. And he was pulling strings to get matches and title matches when he shouldn't have. Kevin Nash was also a big partier. He left WWE. Same with Scott Hall. Huge into fucking drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Left WWE. Stone Cold Steve Austin. He started as a rebel. 
He got big by going to ECW and saying WCW was fucking him over. And then he went to WWE and got big by saying WWE was fucking him over. Also a fucking alcoholic. Now you got Triple H, the body of an Adonis. Golden locks flowing. And this guy will not drink alcohol. He will not smoke weed, snort cocaine, shoot heroin. He will not even smoke cigarettes. What does Vince love? He'll shoot the fuck out of fucking uh, steroids. So Vince loves that. Uh, but he was he, he walked the motherfucking line. Yep. And he had the body and the mindset that Vince wanted. So yeah. So Triple H is with with, with China, who looks like a fucking dude yep. that got beat up by Mike Tyson. Like she don't look like a dude. She looks like a dude that got beat up by Mike Tyson. And Vince said, Fuck. Like that guy could breed with my daughter but he's breeding with Mike Tyson's prison bitch (laughs) so what does he do he creates a storyline where Triple H is infatuated with Stephanie but he he goes a step further and he creates a storyline where Triple H is drugging his daughter and marrying her like Triple H or, or not Triple H. Vince McMahon all but fucking took Triple H's pants down and inserted the cock into the vagina. Like that that's gotta be the most blatant yep. fucking example of what Pasty White brought to our attention last week of Vince McMahon choosing the fucking breeding of the next fucking generation of WWE. He did. Kali Ma, as they would say in the fucking uh, Indiana Jones movies. Kali Ma. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> They're not married. They're not, not married. married. They're not married. They're not married yet. They're engaged. Oh, children, yes. Well, yes. You don't need marriage for children. This isn't the 1900s. <laughs> You know what? I, I will say I don't think Daniel Bryan is a part of his plan. I think that was just a side effect of that what happened. That looks like a fluke. Uh, to be honest. Um, but the whole John... 
Oh, the, the, the John Cena, Nikki Bella thing. Um, you know, to me, I think Vince has gotten older and wiser in his years. And to me, the reason that John and Nikki were kept so secret for so long, I think was because Vince was creating this. I think Vince put them together physically. I think he may have some sort of legal contract that originally put them together. I'm not putting that past him, but I think he's learned from Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth, and he's learned from from Lita and Edge, and he's learned from all these superstars that broke up that he didn't want to put it on WWE TV, and he wanted to keep it in the background, and that's why there was a big, big shadow enveloping this and keeping it from our eyes on the screen. I think he knows at this point, I don't want to show them this because it could turn ugly, and I'm going to keep it to myself. And if it happens... Then I'm going to blossom it as he has. He's blossoming. He perverted it to sell his own fucking pay-per-view. Yeah, exactly. Fucking uh, 25% of WWE's fucking WrestleMania buy rates was to see if John Cena was going to propose to Nikki Bella. 25%. He perverted that shit to sell his pay-per-view. I lost money on that, by the way. (laughs) So did I. So I, I I think that he's... I had money on Cena not proposing. <laughs> not for you. Uh, I, I'm thinking he's learning. He's he's evolving. Vince McMahon is evolving. He'll never die. He's going to evolve. He's going to change. He's going to grow. He's going to learn. Has anybody seen The Fallen? Starring uh, uh, Denzel Washington and John Goodman. Vince McMahon is the fallen. So basically, whenever a creature dies, the fallen leaves its mouth and brings its soul into somebody else and takes over and makes it evil. That's Vince McMahon. Oh, it's fucking scary, isn't it? It's uncanny. And Shane. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't he though? Doesn't he though? He does. <laughs> Illuminati confirmed. Illuminati confirmed. We even We have we have not just just wrestlers involved in this conspiracy, but the commentators too. I mean, we have Dean and Renee. Yeah, you know now yeah. look that they, they were a couple. Now they are married. Dean, leave her. I'm available. But but now he separated them. He shows no signs of putting them together. Yeah, so so we can all see. Yeah, yeah. So, so here's the deal. Dean Ambrose, we can tell, is not Vince's favorite. Mm-hmm. Vince has done everything to push John Moxley back. Anybody 
Douglas followed Dean Ambrose's career before WWE as John Moxley knows his talent. Let, let me start with promos. John Moxley is a better promo than he is an in-ring wrestler. And John Moxley's promos are up there with CM Punk, with The Rock, with John Cena. So what do they do? Well, let's not let him talk. Let's have him push a hot dog cart out. Well, let's not let him talk. Let's let him use a forklift. Well, let's not let him talk. Let's put him in some other fucking ungodly contraption and do some other weird fucking gimmicky thing and fuck with him. So they obviously aren't big on Dean Ambrose. So him and Renee Young, who is not only super gifted on the mic, I wish talking to you folks right now through our Beef Sticks podcast, I sounded as eloquent and as professional as Renee Young sounds when she talks, whether it's giving an interview, whether it's on Talking Smack, whether it's on her own show on the WWE Network, anytime she sounds like she knows what the fuck she is doing. I don't, because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. She does. She can even call Booker, Booker T, Booker King. And, and it still sounds, sounds good. It sounds right. And, and, and nobody questions her. They're like, King. they're like, yes, it's Booker King. And, and she's god-awful beautiful, right? That she is. So yes. Vince looks at her and he says, oh my god, I think Jinder Mahal should be with her. Yes, because he's on steroids now and is the number one contender. <laughs> so, as soon as they fucking get together, not only are they banished from talking about it, which they were, they were banished. Last week we talked about this, folks. And if you didn't hear us last week, basically, uh, when it was brought up on Talking Smack, Shane McMahon literally said, we're not talking about that now. And Kevin Owens said, well, I'm talking about it. What are you going to do? And nobody would say fucking anything. Daniel Bryan, Renee Young, and Shane McMahon were all sitting there. None of them would fucking say anything about right, it. They Which froze. I'm okay with them keeping it off the air on regular programming. You know, you know the illusion and everything. But calling it out like that and everybody... I mean, you can't even say, yes, this is the man I love. Yeah. That's that's kind of shitty. And during Talking Smack, she kept her hands below the, the desk. She'd bring them up when she's talking I'm I'm a person that talks with my hands when I'm doing this I podcast. I still do it. I do it to Pacey all the time. He can see me. I do that. I, I talk with my hands, and she is one of those people. But she would constantly she'd do something, and then you'd see it in her face, and she'd drop her hands down. And she's not allowed to do it. And they wouldn't talk about it. They wouldn't fucking say it. Um, after talking smack, since since Kevin Owens put it so blatantly out there, she brought it up on. Twitter, I want to say. Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. But I want to say Twitter. But literally, and I'm assuming WWE had something to do with this, she didn't say, yes, I'm married. Thank you for the congratulations. What she posted was, marriage is a beautiful thing. Thank you, all of my fans. Never once admitting being married. And as Pacey said... Dean Ambrose now is not even fucking allowed to wear his ring. So he got it tattooed on his finger. 
Because what are they going to do? Fucking fire him for getting a tattoo? They fucking might. Right. But let's hope they yeah, don't. They might. But they fucking might. <laughs> I mean, it's that's a blatant one right there. We Fuck. know WWE doesn't like Dean Ambrose. And now they're trying everything to hide this. Really, It's one thing to say, let's not make a storyline out of it or something. But don't fucking push it to hide it. Don't right. separate the two. Don't say, okay, as soon as you're fucking married, now Dean Ambrose is on the separate brand that you're on, so you'll never fucking see each other. <laughs> ha ha, fuck right. you. But you know, Dean because Ambrose found his way around. Knows, the-, the way to keep you away from a man is to say you shouldn't belong together and separate <laughs> yeah, them. No shit, right. Because I know that works <laughs> from personal experience. Right. No, and, and Dean really Ambrose found his way around any. the WWE's twisted ruling by getting his ring tattooed on his finger. That that leads me to talk about, let's talk about Rusev and Lana. The WWE split them up in a storyline. Split them up in a storyline, and they were going to hook her up with, with, what, Dolph Ziggler at the time, I think was who Dolph it was? Ziggler. Yep, and it was and, yes, and what what do they do? I mean, I'd, they I'd trump too if I was They trump Vince McMahon. They go out. They get married and they put it out via uh, good God. I think that one was Twitter. Also. It was all over Twitter yeah, because even all the Usos were at the wedding and were tweeting about being at the but wedding. But TMZ, TMZ was the first ones to report on it. Before WWE even had a a chance to recognize it whatsoever, TMZ had that shit all over the place, thusly changing the entire storyline right there. Boom. Storyline was over. It was almost like uh, the the Chris Benoit incident with Vince McMahon blowing himself up. That's how over that storyline was in an instant. Oh, yeah. But then what (laughs) happened to Rusev after that? He got fucking thrown in the doghouse. He got thrown in with the fucking, uh, the European nation. What the fuck were they called? Yeah. What was that? Good guy. It was Seamus Barrett and him and Alberto Del Rio, right? Yeah, I say there yeah. was one other person. Whatever the fuck they were called. The, the, the nation, nation, uh, League of Nations. No. League, League of, of nations. nations. Thank yes. you. Yep. Yes. And that, yeah, and he was a jobber <laughs> in the League of Nations. Like he was behind Seamus and fucking Wade Barrett. Yeah, he was the guy coming out, taking out the jobbers night after night, and then all of a sudden he was the one taking the falls. And what's yeah. happening now again? It's now it they're they like they both moved to SmackDown. About ready to split them up again. Yeah, yeah. Lana's gonna be doing her own thing. Rusev's gonna be on his own again. I think they're on the same show still, though. But. They're Lana's... still on the same show, but she's supposed to be a solo act, and he's supposed to be a solo act. Okay, I'm sorry. And no, she's a stripper. And she's a stripper. How's that? You know, that's going to piss him off. You know, that's going to upset yeah, sorry, a man I, like I love the fucking promos coming into it. Late, lately, they, they, they've started promos about Lana. Lana's going to become a singles wrestler. She's no longer going to be she, a valet. She's going to be in the women's division. Correct. That's the way they're. That's the way they're bringing her up right I now. Saw the promos, but I guess I didn't. It was I, the same uh, thing they were gonna do I before they got married because they were gonna bring her up. They were gonna have her drop yeah. the Russian accent and be an all-American girl, yep. like uh, like fucking Baywatch shit. Which technically Which she is. is an American girl. Yes. Yes. She, yes. She's from Florida. She has a horrible fake accent. Latvia. Latvia. Her father, her father was somewhere. a missionary. Yeah. She grew up. She Don't grew up there. I know this shit. But she, she was born and raised in the United States. Yeah, she grew up as, as a fucking European. 
Yep. As a as a Eastern, Eastern European. European. So she, she did grow up in that culture, but she is an American. Um, she's actually, I, I believe, she is. She's Canadian, born in America, who grew up in Eastern European. <laughs> so she's got all of this shit fucking mixed. And she, now she should be with Sami Zayn. And now they live in Florida. Hook her and Sami Zayn up together. God, so maybe that isn't a horrible fake accent. Maybe that's just an accent she's developed over her entire life. And that's just. Well, I think that's a real accent. No, I don't think it's a real accent. It's a real word on and off. She can turn it on and off because she would have learned Russian in her father's missionary trips. It's it's a real accent that she can turn on and off. But. But Yeah, I can turn my res accent on and off. You know, but real Russians scolding. Right there. Hey, Victor. <laughs> a real Russian wouldn't call yeah. her Lana. They call her Tha. Yeah. So that's still a lot of storyline shit. Phone. Rips. <laughs> yeah, no. It, 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 it's the more you look into it and the more you think about it, it is painfully obvious that the WWE has got their hands into this, just trying to ensure the future. Just building the next generation. And it's sick. You know, if if they don't, they paint a fucking pretty damn good picture. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like after after I started thinking about it this way. All the pieces are falling into place in just the most ironic of fucking ways. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, after I started thinking about it this way, there's I can't see it any other way. That's the way it is. And we all know Vince McMahon. Let's let's be honest. Anybody who who knows any little bit about about Vince McMahon, do you think if you came up to him and said, "Vince, we can make whatever kind of human being you want for the future," do you think he'd turn that down, or do you think he'd? If not, accept the offer. Fucking work his own way around it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, come up with his own plan to fucking fertile this idea and grow it into whatever the fuck he thinks. The world made it. The world made it so he couldn't feed his superstars steroids. He's finding his own way around it by breeding super well, superstars. It's, it's seriously. He doesn't it's... look at the world like we do. He, he completely sees the world differently. You look, you know, has anybody ever seen the movie Predator? Vince McMahon looks at the world through Predator's eyes. It's it's colors and shapes. It's not what we see. He sees colors and shapes, and he wants to mix this color with this color and make this kind of color in this shape. That's the way fucking Vince McMahon sees. It's different than the way your cat and dog see. It's it, he melds shit together in his own fucking image. If there's ever been a god, if there's any ever been a creator of man, if there's ever been a fucking omnipresent being that has lived on this earth, it isn't Jesus Christ. It's Vincent it isn't Muhammad. Kennedy McMahon. It's Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I mean, there's all fucking signs point to it. Let's look at it scientifically. 
you could convince me quicker that Vince McMahon sees everything I do than anybody else. No shit! A lot are dead. Vince McMahon impacts my life more than fucking God or Jesus ever has. <laughs> Let's just be honest. And, and in a negative way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> but yeah, if you're in these families, if you're in the Anoa'i family, you have an easy in. If you're in the Hart family, you have an easy in. You're not going to have an easy career because you're a fucking Hart, but you're going to have an easy in. So he can use you. Oh yeah. Strain every piece of talent he can out of you. This is man. I just definitely look at the Rotunda family. You know, I mean, I I mean, Bray Wyatt's had a rough time, but, but both him and, and Bo have fucking got an in. They've got it. Bo can't get Mm -hmm. a foothold to save himself. And I mean, look at Husky Harris. Look at Husky. Why would you have him in your company? Why? Look at Husky fucking Harris. Why? He's a rotunda. That's why he's it in the company. Into this. Cur- Curtis Axel? Yeah, exactly. Why, why is Curtis Axel in your company? Oh, because he's the son of Mr. Perfect. You know? Oh, let's yeah. be fair. Curtis Axel could have been great, and they fucked him yeah. over. Yeah. That's no, I, fucking Fat Max's personal opinion. <laughs> I thought he at least looked good. He looked the part. He did. He did. He had everything, he, he I did. thought. But, I mean, I Roman Reigns is our perfect piece of evidence. I showing a lot from him either. But Roman also, Reigns. let's put it this way: did, did did Mr. Perfect have negative? Did Mr. Perfect bring up negative thoughts at the time that Curtis Axel was big? And the answers right. are yes. Yeah, yeah. People thought of drug overdoses. People thought of steroids at the time that Curtis Axel was big, and they connected that to 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 Kurt Hennig. You know, eh, that fucked him over. You know, what happened to Ted DiBiase Jr.? I couldn't tell you, to be honest. I mean, there's no steroids oh, very or drug shit in, I, in his thing. He faded away. I haven't thought about him he did. for anything. And Cody Rhodes, of all people, who Vince is has gotten an adamant uh, hatred for the Rhodes family. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he'll you sign know, them. He'll sign them, but he'll assign them to the shitty gimmick, and he won't let them right. shine for what they could actually possibly be. What are they called now? The golden truth? The golden... Well, yeah, that's golden our truth. truth and gold dust. Yeah, I know. It's his yeah. brother. Dust, yeah, yeah. Yes, it's yes. the same bullshit. Well, and then we got like... um. So so where do we stand on... Uh, oh, man. We're, we're not even going to have time to get into Raw and SmackDown, no, I don't no, we're think. We, we are, we are um, very close to the three-hour mark. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about the, the Shining Stars. The Cologne brothers. Uh, Primo and Epico. Um, you know, they were brought in, they were kind of shit on, um, they did, then they did the Los Matadores gimmicks, then they did the Shining Stars, then they got shook up to SmackDown, and now they're no longer the Shining Stars, but now they're the Cologne Brothers again, uh, you know, they got the famous family, uh, I don't know where they, I don't know where they stand, you know what, I, I'm gonna say it right now, we, we talked about the Usos last week, I think SmackDown is going to turn the Cologne brothers into the new Usos. I think yeah. they could. Oh, yeah. I think they will. They could. <laughs> they dropped they the could. Shining Stars image. The whole, uh, where the fucking, you know, Raw has to have a gimmick with everything. So yeah. they were the 
we're travel agents buy our fucking timeshares fucking shit yeah that was horrible then they come in and smack down and they're like we're the cologne brothers and we're kicking ass and who they they you know who'd they fuck over or who'd they beat up last uh, i watched it week? even yeah. i i, I, I watched know, I it and i don't up. remember they won though i'm 99 percent <laughs> sure they won i don't know but you know what bruiser brody was fucking murdered at their uh, their dad's World Wrestling Council, so he was fucking killed there. Bruiser Brody, one of the most ruthless fucking wrestlers in the world, was murdered at he their dad's died. wrestler's company. So... Yeah. No, this is this goes so deep, and, and it is. Any, any generational superstar can make it in. Most generational superstars will not have it easy. They will not have an easy time in just because he wants to to use them for everything they have that they're worth. But <clears throat> but the point here is, man, Vince is doing some sick shit. To come up with the next generation and and to ensure that this company will keep going and to breed the strongest to most, most magnificent beasts he can possibly come up with. Um, It's insane. It's, it's really, it's, it's absolutely fucking insane what this man can get away with. He, he thinks he's God because he is God of his own universe. He calls it the WWE universe, and he has the whole universe in his hands. This is, this is my most passionate thoughts <coughs> about, about the inner workings of the WWE and, and things going on within. Um... It appears we're having some technical difficulties with the fat Mac being cut off. Uh, could this could this have some effect from the WWE trying to silence your uh, broadcast announcers? I think so. I can't get a hold of them. I can't reconnect. I don't know what's going on. Um, my name is Pasty White. This is Beef Sticks 420 Special. This has been Sticky Conspiracies. Things are getting weird around here. 420. Uh, I'm going to go roll another joint. Uh, Maybe sit down, relax. Uh, We will catch you guys next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Thanks for tuning in as always. Uh, For Bubba Waterfield, the Fat Mac, and the Beef Taco. Oh, hey, they're back. (laughs) Ha ha. Hi guys, I think I think it's what's happening here bit, is that the WWE. I think the WWE is trying to cut us off. I think we're saying too I much. I was just explaining this to the people. We knew we were on to them, and they're like, we're shutting them down. They they're know we're they're on fucking with them. us. They're fucking with us. No, I was just. I tried calling you guys back twice with no avail. I was just uh, getting ready to say goodbye to the people. So you guys got in. Right at the right time. Or or maybe right at the time they allowed you to. Right. I, I'm pretty sure that's what yeah, it is. That's, that's exactly what it was. Vincent Kennedy McMahon at his best. 
Nobody talks about my wife fucking some guy without me interrupting their podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I felt that added to it. (laughs) You do it so much better. Good old Richard Nixon. (laughs) But yeah, guys, I mean. But I I really want to thank you two for allowing me to come on your show after bailing on you last week. So, um. That was awesome. I'm glad I got to share some beer, share some good times, share some yeah. wrestling. Yeah. We're, we're glad real. to have you. I hope I hope you guys allow me to come back again some other time and uh, at least fake my way through knowing a little bit about what's going on. <laughs> Having a good beer. Shooting the shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, you can come back anytime. Ha <laughs> ha, he said anytime. Anytime. <laughs> no, I, I just want to put it out here right now. I think it's... It's super suspicious that as soon as we're fucking talking about the conspiracy <laughs> theories about Vincent Kennedy McMahon, that my shit gets fucking cut off. Yeah, right. That's, that's I'm, really uh, weird. I'm, I'm, I'm really upset about this. I'm going to put a little research into it to see what happens. Yep. I don't know. After after the video that we got sent earlier this week and knowing uh, as deep as Vince's hands goes, and I like some deep hands. I'm uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep an eye on this and see what the fuck happens. This, I, I'm gonna send some feelers out there. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. I, I, I got some people in places that can do things. I'm not gonna say anything more than that. No, yeah, but don't don't say too but, much. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, and this is just one of many conspiracies that we have. Lying around Beef Stick Studios, um, we'll be bringing you guys more as as, as times come and times go. Uh, we've we've kept oh, you guys for damn near three hours now, which is insane. Three it hours. Not, it does not feel like it, but we're bringing you guys another packed full fucking podcast. <laughs> and we haven't even got to packed talk about Raw and SmackDown. Packed and full. Yes, packed uh, full bowl on the porch one. Raw and SmackDown, quick highlight some things. Jinder Mahal's the number one contender on SmackDown. Braun Strowman and, and Big Show. No, it's awesome. He's sweet. I like his no. I like his I like his veins oh, a lot. Oh, I really okay, like his okay, veins. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I know we're I know we're running late and everything, <laughs> but okay. So WWE just signed a business relationship with uh one of the uh, media outlets in India. Yeah, a major media yeah. outlet in uh, India. In, Yep, India is also their biggest, um, uh, their biggest streaming area outside of the United States. So they're doing everything that they can to pad them and pat them on their back. It's not going to go anywhere. I will say though that I thought this was a beautiful introduction for the Bollywood boys. Yes, who they are changing the name of now. Um, I never cared for the Bollywood boys. I didn't care for them in 205 Live. I didn't care for them in the Cruiserweight Classic. Okay, so elaborate on that because now. I did read a comment that you posted on Facebook about Bollywood boys, blah, 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 this and that, but I wasn't sure exactly who you were talking about. Um, they're they're, they're a, a, a group of brothers from India who were brought in for the Cruiserweight Classic. They got signed to 205 Live, to WWE. They are Indian wrestlers uh, along with Jinder Mahal. Um, it's not going anywhere. He's not going to win the title. It's going to come and go. But I do think it's ironic, as we've talked about genetic fucking this and that with Vince, 
that uh, Ginger, Man- Ginger Mahal has been around for a long time. I've posted pictures on our Beef Sticks podcast, and uh, he's always kind of looked like your average kind of guy, and as soon as he shot himself up with steroids, and he's got veins that look like fucking yes. garden hoses, and he's got muscles fucking bulging out of his skin ready to fucking rip, that Vince puts him in the world title picture it seems kind of fucking ironic right it's it's very fishy i I don't think anything's happening he's not winning the title we know that yeah i would hope um good for him you know what um the fucking you know what though like india is like the third most populous country in the world correct correct so So, i mean mean, they do yeah and me it's not I say let um, let pretty, let Mahal win it. Let Mahal win it. Go ahead. He's not uh, gonna win it. Uh, <laughs> also, Josh, will, one thing. Will it's gonna happen. <laughs> I, I'll put money on it. No, but uh, another okay. thing. Another thing that has been uh, pointed out to me is Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton's uh, House of Horrors match is not for the championship. So Bray winning is back on the table once again. They've made well. They've. They haven't said it's not. Yes, they have. The only thing that the only thing that they've said, uh, not on WWE programming at least. I watched the full uh, both Raw and SmackDown. They have it. The only thing that was stated was JBL said that whoever won the number one t- contenders match would face Randy Orton. He never said that they would face the winner of the match. But I'm guessing that's more of a fuck up than anything. Yeah. I, I can't imagine no. it's not going to be a. a I'd really match. like to yeah, see Bray be a win match. on a pay per view, though. It, it would make sense, I mean, and and Bray could know. still you win you his match. Be, huh? I don't think it's going to be a title I, match. I, I think Bray's going to win it, and I think I think it's going to help Bray in the long run. Um, it doesn't always have to be a title match, and that's one thing I think we, we're totally overlooking you know we always expect there to be a title on the line well, it doesn't have to be especially in the case of a story a like this fucking if it's gonna be a big time gimmick match it should be a, you don't have a big time gimmick match for an average nothing match you have that for a big blow off fucking title match it's so to build not it's, a title match it's to build bray wyatt up going up into raw and into his feud with with finn balor that's what this is uh, for no, i think it's not i <laughs> hope with a non-title match over the whole burning of the fucking shack sister abigail i'm okay with it being a non-title match settling that feud but they uh, initially stated it's a title match originally well and if it is so be it Uh, but i i i guess why why do it if it's not a title match why even have the match why have two why have two people on two different brands have this fucking match? The, it's because, already, the score's already been settled at WrestleMania. It's already over. Because it's, it's done. Bray Wyatt, they and they like to fuck him over. They had uh, worms. They had cockroaches. Yeah, they had a lot they of They had everything shit. they wanted to do. Why would you have this match if it's not a title? If it's not a title match, it's a worthless match, and it and it hurts Bray Wyatt worse. Not a him, good win. Him, him having this match and winning in a non-title match... Hurts him worse than this being a title match. No, because it does. He puts, oh yeah, 100%. no, he puts Randy in his place. He says, "Fuck you, Randy. I don't need your title. I don't need your anything. I'm better than you. I'm now moving on to Raw, and I'm gonna go fuck with Finn Balor, the demon dude, and that's gonna be cool too." Yep. 
And then I think I think I think he beats Finn Balor a bunch of times until Finn Balor brings out the demon. And then and then No, that's not gonna happen. I wish it would, but that won't. Well, I shouldn't say I wish I would. I I really like Finn Balor. I think he loses to Randy Orton and he loses to Finn Balor. I'm sorry. The way Vince is, he will. I don't want it to happen, but that's what I see. I I hope he doesn't, but he probably will. Uh, anything else? You know what? Hey, I, I gotta, I gotta say, Raw actually gave a substantial amount of time to the cruiserweights this week, and it made me happy. Yes, TJ Perkins, yes, they did. Jack Gallagher made me happy. The best part of it was Austin Aries and Neville coming down ringside. Austin Aries ate a banana during yes. the match. Yes, he and did. That was my favorite <laughs> fucking part of the. That's great. He sat there and sat ate there, a crossed banana. his legs, and ate his banana. That was the best part of the. Austin Aries has more fucking charisma in him than ninety percent of the fucking WWE roster. I don't know who Austin Aries is, and I already love him. Exactly. Just in the little bits I see him with this type of shit. I mean, this dude—you yeah. you, just—you can't help it. He's just—he's Mister Fucking Cool. Right. So Pace, give me your uh, give me your thoughts on the uh, ring collapsing with uh, Big Show and Braun Strowman on Raw. Right after him flipping an ambulance, man, I love the way they're building Braun. I think it's huge. I think it's epic. I think the fact that they're doing th- these things back to back, it's it's kind of overkill, but in the best way possible for the Braun character. Well, I I agree, but I don't think this was the way to do it. Uh, Less than two months ago, we just had this exact same match. Braun Strowman versus Big Show, main eventing Raw. And uh, the whole uh, suplex collapsing the match or the ring, haven't we seen that before? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's been done plenty. But... I don't know. Yeah, it, it actually, um, one one Reddit user actually did the math, and every four point five years, the ring collapses from a suplex involving Big Show. The first <laughs> one was Big Show. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not making this up. The first one was Big Show versus Brock Lesnar. The second one was Big Show versus Mark Henry, and now it's Big Show versus Braun Strowman. Now. Let me be the first to say, 4.5 years is a fucking decade in pro wrestling. Yeah, it's a long time. So to it's me, that's not a big deal. To me, it's not. Um, does it does it weaken the spot? Yes. The first time we've seen it was Big Show versus Brock Lesnar, and that was huge. And now we've seen it Big Show versus Braun Strowman. And to me, it was nothing... But to maybe, as a fan who's never seen it before, it's actually a huge thing. Probably. So I'll, I'll give them that. It was uh, fun like to see. Back. And like I said, seeing it right after he oh, tipped yeah. the ambulance, it, it's it's good for his character. It definitely... Oh, he, he's being built right now to be the biggest beast the WWE has ever had. And that's good to see. Not ever, but definitely in the current state, yes. Well, you I, I, I I'm I, just gonna go out on a limb here like and say I never seen Andre the Giant flip a fucking ambulance and then break a ring two weeks in a row. That's because he had class and manners. Ah, the Frenchman in him, the Frenchman in him. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I like Braun Strowman. I, I do. 
I really hope to see him do some good things. I under I understand the feud between him and the Big Show, two big men, blah blah blah. But really, that's a boring fucking storyline. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see. Braun but all this isn't. It's not about their storyline anyway. Sort of, correct. Correct. I, I, it, it's it's just a, a stop yeah. on on the fucking atlas to his career. I, just, I hope somebody steps up. A littler, littler guy, for lack of a better word. And you know what? Beat his or ass smaller. the first time. Smaller. It's going like to be Roman Reigns. It's going to be Roman Reigns. It's going to be Roman Reigns. It is going to be Roman Reigns. As soon as he comes back next week on Raw. But it's going to... Well, I don't think they'll start it as soon as next week. I hope they don't. That, that, that's... But if they do, then they've really Brian fucked up. needs to win the first time. And then they need to come back, you know, as the the champion who overtook over overcome the odds. I want I want to see shit. I want to see Braun like beat Roman Reigns consecutively for years and have I this be something Roman Reigns has to overcome Braun. in the long term. No, I, hey. I was gonna say I want to see Braun in Roman's career like the the Japanese. Hey, but re- I don't remember, remember I don't. when when Roman Reigns came out and said that. Or when Braun Strowman came out and said Roman Reigns will not be here tonight, he got cheers not only of Brian, uh, uh, Daniel Bryan's yes yes, 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 but he got thank you Roman chants yeah. also. So I mean, it's uh, yeah, we're we're gonna get that, and it's okay. We we all know Braun Strowman is the sacrificial lamb for Roman Reigns. Yeah. We know that it's gonna you know, happen. I wish. Whether we like it or not, that's where this is heading. I wish I could like Roman Reigns. I really I'm do. I'm starting to like I mean, Roman Reigns. That's yeah. the problem. I wish he could let me like him. But I just, it's like, I just, I look at him and I think, no, I love Seth. I love Dean, but not you. I don't love Dean anymore. Dean's no. the last yeah. of my fucking life. Yeah. Dean. Dean's so at I the bottom Dean? of the total pool for me. Because Dean oh, is a titty master, I put, and I uh, need my, my titties mastered. I, I put Reigns above fucking Dean at this point. I don't give a shit. Well, the titties. The titties make my call. Either he doesn't give a shit, or somebody's just kicked somebody's, him Somebody's. You know what? I think he, he doesn't give a shit. Died. I don't think he gives a shit. I agree with you. I think he's been... And I'm, I'm going to go hard here. I'm going to go hard here, and I'm going to say the next time Seth Rollins gets this, injured, Roman Reigns is going to be my favorite member of the Shield. I swear to God. <laughs> Josh, I love you. Oh, go for it. Josh. Just know I love you, okay? Right. That's all. He works. Man. Roman he works. He doesn't get injured. He He's coming he around. He doesn't get injured because he doesn't fucking try. Yeah, he doesn't do anything yeah. to get injured. You can't really throw that one out there. Come on, I Josh. Suppose. I've never fucking I've never lost a major league baseball fucking uh, World Series event. And I have never lost the Super Bowl. So you can't really say that I'm the greatest because that's never happened. I'm going to say I'm the greatest. Tried. I'm going to use that. <laughs> I, I'm going to go to work tomorrow uh, okay. and let them know. SmackDown Live, I just want to touch on the main event, which um, was actually Baron Corbin versus AJ Styles. But I think uh, Kevin Owens owned it. He oh, did. Yeah. He was, oh, yeah. he was a commentary. He the motherfucker is, is amazing in commentary. I is love not? Kevin Owens, love him. I do. He uh uh was it 
uh, Byron Saxton. One of them said something about it being his, uh, his, his, he said, you and AJ have a lot in common. You both have done so much in your rookie year. Kevin Owens fucking snapped at this motherfucker. He said, this is not my rookie year. This is my first year here, but I am far from a rookie. Right. Yeah. Kevin Owens owns this shit. I mean, he, he just does. He does. I love listening to him. He always he has the right thing to say. He has the right thing to piss a person off. Yeah. The right thing to get the person to want to follow him, to want to... You know he's a bad guy, but... The win. Yeah, I kind of yeah. like the fact that he cleaned himself um, up coming over to SmackDown, too. I do also, to be honest. I do also. He brought some Kevin Steen. It's... To I feel Kevin like, Owen. It's a yeah, yeah. He, I think it's he's okay, taking SmackDown a bit like, more seriously. You don't know Kevin Steen. No, I don't. Yeah, he's kind of brought a little more Kevin Steen. But I saw, I saw that Kevin picture, Owen. you know, like with the suit, um, and he kind of held himself a little more straight. Right. And yeah. Corbin and AJ was good. I, uh, I was surprised. I, 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 I guess for some reason I thought Corbin was going to win. Maybe it was the Jinder Mahal earlier in the. Right. I thought he uh, would too. Thing or what, but I was afraid that Corbin was going to win. AJ won. They made Corbin look strong, though. It was a count-out victory, and and it was it was during, you know, some shenanigans and shit like that. So it, it was pretty good. Um, they made AJ look stronger than Baron Corbin, which he should. AJ is better than Baron Corbin. Yes, by, yes, far. by far. Yeah, Not by agree. that far, guys. Not by that far. Oh, by well, very yeah. far. By a lot. Uh, you'll see. You'll see. Everybody will come around Josh, to my side. This is this is um genetics at work right here. We know <laughs> Vince McMahon, he he blessed he blessed this. Damn the the right. genetics. He said, Skip and Judy, you need two children <laughs> and they will know the wrestling. But one thing that really the actually the biggest thing that stuck out to me this fucking week. SmackDown's main event was sponsored by a sponsor, which we haven't seen, I think, since the 90s, maybe the early 2000s. Um, not not a negative thing. It's it's obviously, I mean, everything's a business. And so you got to do what you got to do. But does this, does this uh, point a picture as to where WWE's at right now? They haven't done this for years. And SmackDown's uh, SmackDown's main event was it started off with uh, I I don't even remember which announcer it was, but he said this main event is brought to you by Geico, and they showed Geico's graphic on the screen. And it was Geico. Okay, it was last week that it was the allergy medicine. I guess I didn't. If the main event was last week, I didn't know. I only know because it's an owl. And I have a very but, strange um, love for owls. Yeah, that's that's different. And that kind of, I mean, you have to assume WWE isn't doing as good if they have to start putting their advertisers on their show instead of during their commercials. My bad. It was last week. It was the owl because I went to bed before the main events this last week. But it's it is um, it is scary as a fan. It's it's a little weird. It's like why. Okay, one week you have the allergy medication with the owl. The next week you have the lizard with the Geico on your SmackDown. Are you selling out your SmackDown? Do you not care about your SmackDown? There's not enough 
sponsor watchers, you know. Yeah. It's it is it is weird. What do you think, Pasty? It is pretty strange. Uh I don't know. I don't think they need the sponsor. I think they like the money. I think that's just the way it is. Um Well they obviously need it. They wouldn't do it if they didn't need it. Because they don't want to so. be beholden to anybody. What I do know is how long and they brought it up oh, now. A long time. what i do yeah. know is we have only a brief couple of minutes to say goodbye to the people all right he's cutting us off he's cutting us off back now. i gotta cut us off before the they cut us off. Cut off yeah it's it, it truly truly has been a pleasure guys thank you very much for yeah, having thanks, me for, thanks for being on the show it's been a good 420 i think it's been a great show i, I appreciate all come, of our listeners i will come pester you guys another time on another broadcast we will enjoy it i am fat mac i'm pasty white hey and i'm baby v the beef taco this is beef Sticks podcast beef we'll see you next week thanks for tuning good night, in everyone <laughs>